0: Welcome to the Clone Saga Chronicles uh, 2.0 feed from SpideyDude.com. If you're listening to one of these older episodes, you'll hear references to our Podomatic website and a voicemail number, which is now defunct. So if you're a new listener who just found this uh, podcast, pay no mind to the links that we give out, like CloneSagaChronicles.Podomatic.com or a voicemail number. Enjoy this classic episode of Clone Saga Chronicles.
1: Whoa! I don't think I even want to hear your story. All of you must hear the Scarlet Spider story.
2: I thought I was that clone. I tried to stay out of Peter's life by taking on a new identity. I dyed my hair and changed my name to Ben Riley.
3: When I became a costume hero, the Scarlet Spider really made him angry. The next big blow came from Dr. Kurt Connors. He discovered that, according to our genetic structures, it might be Peter who was the clone, me. That news pushed Peter Parker over the edge. Now he hated me with a passion. This is starting to sound like a bad comic book plot. It gets worse. I'm the real Spider-Man. I don't know what kind of mind game this is, but I'm the real Spider-Man. The real Peter Parker.
1: Just tell me I was a clone. The clone information has proven unstable. Welcome back, guys, to the West Fucking Clone podcast powered by Spidey.com. I'm your host, Zach Joyner, the webmaster of Spidey.com. And joining me is the leading contributor to Spidey.com, Mr. Bertoni Beale. How are you? Hey, And we also got uh, the full panel this month. We've got Gerard Delatour yo and we got brandon dp what's up well guys uh last time we kind of did something a little different we did the amazing issues uh that recently came out concerning the the clone saga but this this time we're getting back right back into where we uh, left off Um, we're going to do parts three and four of the exile returns and of back from the edge and the issues that those entailed, if you're following along, is issue three, uh, Amazing Spider-Man number three ninety six, Peter Parker Spider-Man number fifty three, Spectacular Spider-Man number tw- uh, two nineteen, and Web of Spider-Man number one nineteen. So for uh, Tony, let's uh, give give everybody a little bit of a recap of what happened, and then we'll go straight into the to the uh, reviews. Alrighty then, let's do
0: uh, the Peter Parker side of things first. We start with Amazing Spider-Man. Daredevil is beating down some street thugs looking for the owl. And uh, as we'll get into later, there's some Dark Knight-esque dialogue going on there. Um, About 10, 12 years before the Dark Knight came out. So uh, Matt Murdock, way to be an innovator. Now Spider-Man joins in, but Daredevil's like, I noticed you all along. And then Spider-Man's like that he knows that he's Matt. And then Daredevil's like, Matt Murdock's dead. And Spider-Man replies, he's like, you don't understand. Peter Parker is too. We then get the Owl. He's looking over the city, and guess what? This is a Jam D. Mateus written issue, so he's getting all Jam Like, who am I? Am I the man or the Owl? Not joking. Then he runs into his uh, feathery friend, the Vulture, and he wants who, who's still DH after the recent life theft storyline. Vulture wants to discuss some schemes with the Owl, who seems reluctant. He's like, "No, I'm not your kind of you know criminal. You know, no, I'm not like this. I'm not like you." And kind of makes off. Back to Mary Jane, who's still over in Pittsburgh with her family. She's a little restless, because she's going to be confronting her father the next day. And those of you familiar with Mary Jane's backstory, her father ran out on her and her family when they were younger, and he was kind of a prick. She flashbacks to her uncomfortable childhood, and Gail comforts her. Daredevil's still trying to convince Spider-Man that he isn't Matt Murdock, but Spider-Man's not buying it for a second. Spider-Man says that he needs his help to bury Peter Parker once and for all, the way that Daredevil buried Matt Murdock. So Daredevil takes Spider-Man to Matt Murdock's grave and says, if you want to kill Peter Parker, you have to bury him and leave it all behind, like I did with Matt Murdock, which uh, I'm not saying that I'm Matt Murdock, but, you know, theoretically, I mean, he's still keeping up with this, whatever. and he's like, well, uh, hey, you want me to help you find the owl? And speaking of the owl, the owl wonders if being with the vulture is a good idea. Vulture says that he has a virus that they can use to shed their identities, their past identities, uh, which is like, huh? What? Really? Why? And they inject it into a bum that they found. Owl pleads with the vulture to spare his life, but Toombs is like, there is no antidote, and then just breaks the bum's neck before the virus can kill him. Why give him the virus and then kill him another way? Owl is disgusted that the Vulture wants to use it on the whole city and leaves their hideout. Spider-Man and Daredevil confront him as he's leaving the hideout, and the Owl is angry that they won't leave him alone. Vulture uh, sends one of his pet vultures after Spider-Man and Daredevil, and it scratches Spider-Man's neck, despite Spider-Man's spider-sense warning, which puts the virus in Spidey as the Owl flies away. And the Owl's like, huh, I guess Osley, which is the Owl's alter ego, is dead after all. That was amazing, Spider-Man. Next in Spectacular, Spider-Man is having a heavy fever as this virus is taking effect that the vultures vulture scratched into him. Daredevil sees the owl flying by and attacks him. Alan informs him of the virus as the vulture enters the battle. Spider-Man is able to muster enough energy to save Daredevil from the poisonous birds, and he throws a tracer on the owl. Meanwhile, over in Pittsburgh, Mary Jane is hesitating at a motel door before she finally knocks. It's her father, and he lets her in. Cockword. At their hideout, the vulture tells Al that if Owsley is really dead, then he won't give the antidote to one of Owsley's former colleagues, who Adrian apparently administered the uh the virus to earlier. And he says, yeah, by the way, yeah, this antidote that you have to choose to give or not, I lied about there being an antidote in the last issue. There is an antidote, lols. So Daredevil and Spidey are at Peter and Mary Jane's apartment studying the virus's effects with his blood. Daredevil is still pretending that he's not really Matt Murdock, which is really annoying. The owl watches his former colleague die in the street, and he's like, yeah, I think I'm going to let him die. I don't think I'm going to give him the antidote. I'm choosing the owl over the man. Back to Pittsburgh, Mary Jane and her dad make some small talk when Mary Jane sees that he has a picture of their mother, and she just loses it. She's like, how dare you have a picture of her? You abandon her. You don't have the rights. And he's like, yeah, look, I was a general, you know, screw up. I screwed over the family. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. And so Mary Jane is starting to come around and sympathize with her father because she kind of, you know, abandoned Gail and the kids as well, so... Daredevil and Spider-Man track the owl through the spider tracer, and Spider-Man's fever is getting worse, but he keeps pushing. Owl inadvertently breaks the tracer uh, when he returns to the vulture, agreeing to embrace his dark side and get rid of the Owsley side of him and embrace the owl. Daredevil, when he sees that the tracer's broken and Spider-Man's getting tired, he's like, it's okay, Spidey, I got it from here. So Daredevil kind of meditates and uses his senses to find the owl and the vulture, which brings up the question, why didn't he just do that before when he was searching for the owl? So Mary Jane and her father uh, are parting ways, and she gives him a big emotional hug, and they're crying, and they're like, let's not make this be the last time that we ever see each other. I love you so much. I'm glad that we finally reconnected. Very, very emotional goodbye. Too bad that Mary Jane's father is basically forgotten after this. Anyway, Spider-Man and Daredevil make it to the Vulture's hideout and battle the villains. Al tries to escape, and he drops the antidote, so Spider-Man will go after it, and he'll be able to fly away. Spider-Man goes for the antidote and drinks it. Daredevil, who just beat the Vulture, thinks it's working when he uses his senses. There, He sees that Spider-Man's heart rate's getting better and everything else loud, so... Their double takes off, apologizing for not being able to help Spider-Man. Spider-Man realizes that the antidote was fake, though. He's boned. The last page, which is a double-page spread, has uh, Mary Jane in one set of panels feeling great that she finally resolves her pass, and Peter in another set of panels being like, Oh, I'm screwed. I'm going to die. The antidote was fake. And that's the end of Peter Parker's Back from the Edge. And that's not really Back from the Edge. That's just getting yourself screwed even more.
1: Okay, I'll go first with this one, because... Uh... Back on the edge did did serve a purpose. You have Peter who is so down and out, and you at this time you got to remember Daredevil was going through this identity crisis himself, where he was basically taking on his metallic costume. Which, if you've ever seen this metallic costume, it's pretty fugly. Um, One word: nineties. very nineties. Yeah. Kind of wonder why Mary Jane went to Pittsburgh, other than the reasons that were given. That'll be more. That'll be talked about a little bit more here in a little bit but uh the virus is set up it sets up to have a really big emotional plot development for for peter and mary jane because mary jane's got some big news as uh the uh the next box indicates so really strong art by uh bagley Merely okay art i I wasn't a great big fan of the artwork in this issue by Sabusema, but it's better than what we get later on (laughs) you know good 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 resolution overall. You are kind of building and building a little bit more, especially for the next arc. This was kind of, I felt, if you read uh, back from the edge, you really got to read Web of Death to get the full resolution of it. A good setup. There was a lot of setup in this. And and Mateus some people, I I, I was reading the owl parts, and those parts really kind of annoyed me. I I really didn't like the owl parts, so that's my cons of the issue. I didn't like the owl. I don't like the, I don't like him as a villain. He's more of a Daredevil villain anyway, so we don't really get to see him very often. So, Gerard, what do you think? Uh,
4: I like this one. Uh, I like this one a bit. I mean, it was a little bit of a step down from the first two parts of Back from the Edge. I thought. Uh, if I was given grades, first of all, I give both of these are about in the B range for a couple of reasons. I like the art in both of them a, a lot, especially I mean the Bagley issue. I mean, this is him in his prime, in my opinion. We we've, like we've all said before. Um, we like this stuff better than the ultimate stuff. This is one of those showcase issues that you get to see a lot of Spidey in action and Daredevil and stuff like that. It's always good to see the two of them together, but um, the armored costume really I hate that thing. And then you got you know young young Vulture. I mean this is very nineties. That that bit kind of brought it down. The amazing issue did have a very dopey kind of ending uh, with the whole poison thing. I mean why didn't Spider Man dodge it if he you know, picked it up with the spider sense and all that kind of stuff, but whatever. It's really going have.
0: to be a question that you're going to ask yourself when we get to the end of Revelations.
4: <laughs> oh, oh there, there are a lot of head-scratching things, believe me, I'm aware of that. As far as specifically about the spectacular issue, I thought that one was okay, too. Um, the whole swerve with the antidote, oh, there is an antidote, and then it doesn't work. I, I was really annoyed by all of that. And really, just the vulture's role in the story entirely. I don't really get why he's there or what his motivation is for doing any of the stuff, but, you yeah, know, he was there and gone, so it didn't really bother me all that much. The It was good. The Mary game scene with her dad, I mean, it, it didn't really resolve anything, really. I mean, they just sort of started talking, and it feels like the beginning of a, of a sort of a story arc, but I guess that... Whether or not that's followed up on later discussion for later podcast. But uh, overall, these stories were okay. They weren't great. They weren't terrible, either.
1: Yeah, I mean, we've we've certainly seen worse stories throughout this this, uh, era of Spider-Man. This was not one of them. Um, Bertani, give us your thoughts.
0: Okay, well, first of all, I think that the highlight of this arc for me was actually the Mary Jane and her father scenes. Uh, particularly, even though J.M.D. Mateus is very good with the emotional, oh, so sad, you cry now stuff, <laughs> uh, Tom DeFalco, when he did their confrontation in Spectacular, was really good. And Tom DeFalco uh, did a lot of the fleshing out for the relationship between Mary Jane and her father during the, um, his run with Ron Friends in Amazing Spider-Man, the um, All My Past Remembered issue where Peter and Mary Jane are walking in the park. She's like, hey, Peter, did I ever tell you about my family? Guess not. Well... My dad was a prick. I abandoned my sister. My mother died. So, oh, by the way, I know you're Spider Man. Have fun with the hobgoblin. That's yeah. Th- th- that's a really brief rundown, but yeah. Yeah. Th- <laughs> th- it's fitting that Tom DeFalco, like you know, had them because we did see Mary Jane's father in um, the Michelinie run, um, and he was kind of still a prick there. And
1: well, I mean, uh, to be fair, and kind of this kind of goes into the context of what's going on. The plot was Tom DeFalco's. Remember, he was still the editor-in-chief at this point. This, uh, Todd DeZango, who, who's written, who wrote a lot of Spider-Man issues during this time, uh, he's actually the guy that's doing the scripts. So all the dialogue is his fault. So if, you, if there's any yeah. dialogue you didn't like, it's all DeZango's fault, not DeFalco.
0: Well, I liked the confrontation. but good for Todd. I liked the confrontation between Mary Jane and her father, and it felt real, and you know, I'm glad that Todd did, that, Tom did Tom and Todd did that story. And you can see that, like, okay, you know, now they're going to try and start anew. Maybe, you know, she'll try and have more contact with him. But that kind of got lost because we had about a year and a half of this clone stuff that happened, first of all. Then after that, just everything, you know, the whole thing about Mary Jane and her father, that just got lost in the mix. And... I'm 99.9% sure that this is his last appearance. That isn't like a cameo or a flashback. Well, not even a cameo. That isn't like a flashback or whatever. You know, when Mary Jane has her quote-unquote wake in the Howard Mackie run... And all those people show up at the Parker house, like, you know, Mary Jane's sister, and the kids showed up, and um, her cousin Christy, whose name was spelled wrong, uh, but her dad wasn't there. And I really don't think, um, I'm 99.9% sure, I put my money on it, that we haven't seen her dad again, which is a shame, because there's a lot of potential there. Yeah. Now, the J.M.D. Mateus issue, and the Tom DeFalco issue did this, too, obviously, but... The Owl, I swear to God. We just had, you know, Nocturne being like, am I the bat or am I the woman? And Puma like, am I Thomas Fireheart or am I the Puma? And then Spider-Man, am I the spider or the man? And then Daredevil. Like, even the Owl, really? Even the Owl's having an identity crisis. He doesn't, want to know if he should embrace his inner Owl or not. Now, granted, I'm not too sure about what was going on in Daredevil during this time period, and maybe this is consistent okay. with Daredevil. Uh, go, uh, go ahead.
1: I, I give you... Kind of a brief overview of what's going on. Uh, Daredevil 300... Uh, oh, well,
0: I, I know about Matt Murdock, you know, quote-unquote, killing himself and everything. I'm, I'm yeah. talking about with the owl, like, if, if this is consistent with what was going on. I know I that, that Matt Murdock faked his death. Um, yeah. And that he had the cool Daredevil costume.
1: I remember drawing that thing. Okay. in a little how to draw the Marvel Way book.
0: And, I mean, the Who Am I stuff gets even more apparent, because in... Both of the issues, we get actually in big letters, them saying, Who am I? in the internal monologue. Now the amazing Spider-Man issue with um where Daredevil's being up the thug, I swear to God it's like right from the you know Batman movies, the Nolan ones, because at one point Daredevil's like, Where's the owl Where is he to the Where's guy. the owl? And the guy's like, I swear to god I don't know. I'm waiting for him to go, Swear to me. And Peter Parker's like <laughs> I thought that he already decided that he was gonna come back from the edge and, you know, when he was in Ravencroft and then when he was with, you know, Nocturne and, uh, I he keeps on like, you know, okay, okay, I'll be Peter Parker again, then reverts back to the status quo of I am the spider in the next issue. And Matt Murdock, like, the whole time when he's denying the fact that he's Daredevil, or when Daredevil's denying that he's Matt Murdock, like, through all of this, it got really annoying. It's like, Just tell him, and I would have loved if there there would have been some resolution with that between Peter and Daredevil before it ended, like where he says something admitting that he's Matt Murdock. I guess we never got that. Although when he uses his radar senses to find the owl, that should have been a pretty big clue for Peter Parker, and not that he needed convincing.
1: Well, thank you for Tony. Uh, Brandon? All right, guys. Cool.
5: Um, So for ASM, I had read it before, and uh, this one had good artwork, good artwork, and good colors. But I always hated Young Vulture, and I didn't like the uh, kind of internal monologue between. Uh, well, uh, well, no, sorry, I didn't like the dialogue between Peter and Matt because they were always like, "Oh, Matt's dead, Peter's dead, blah blah blah." <laughs> it was very, it was very 90s. So I'm like, okay, well, if Matt's dead and Peter's dead, then who's talking? You know, so. Uh, uh, also, I didn't. I don't like uh, Daredevil's costume from that era. It Kind of just bugs me. And it. it was a bit whiny, and I, the story arc just never appealed to me with the virus and the stuff like that. Um, for the Spectacular, um, I always liked Sal Buscema's artwork, but uh, like I said, I really didn't like the story arc, and um, still had some whiny Pete, and uh, the colors are that they, they. It's the same color as they had. Uh,
0: Evan's gonna sue you. Yeah He's got that copyrighted
5: Oh really? Yeah.
2: Hmm
5: His colors were I added the first part out Um, uh, They were They were really really bad Like There There's no depth in them And they weren't They still have the same colors From The first Salbusima story That we reviewed uh, What was it? Like
0: four weeks ago? Uh, You mean the Salbusima story Where they're in Ravencroft? Yep Yeah Oh okay now our responsibility. Yeah.
5: Oh and I and I and I don't like the owl. I never have and I don't think I ever will. It's just another bird villain we already have the vulture. And I uh, we also have those <laughs> <laughs> And we also have uh those like fake vultures from uh uh web of spider-man number 2. The vulture?
0: So, so. Oh yeah, them. Yeah, oh, so. we'll get to them later, right? Eh? No, they're not in the clone
4: saga, thank god. <laughs>
0: Yeah, oh, so
4: that, that's web number two, brain cramp.
5: Yep, yeah, and that's what I. Uh, so, um, for both uh, stories combined, or like for both issues combined, I think I'm gonna give it a D. Wah,
0: wah, okay.
1: Wah. okay, uh, so guys, uh, quickly go through your grades. We're trying Johnny, start up.
0: See, look, J.M.D. D. Mateus, I love you and I miss you on the books, but I'm beginning to see a pattern when I reread a lot of your back issues consecutively. I mean. I could see him like doing an issue now about like the freak, and he's like, "Am I the freak or am I the junkie? Am I the freak or am I the junkie?" <laughs> which would be kind of funny. He might actually make me care about freak, but yeah, you know, the art was good, but just you know, I mean, and the Mary Jane stuff, you know, like I said, made the issue for me, but yeah, just this the owl that just brought it down.
4: I'm sorry,
1: the owl. Oot, um, oot. Gerard, what's your great...
4: Uh, I'd give them both B's. I'm a little. I, I thought the artwork for both was pretty solid, and that pulled the stories up for me.
1: Okay, Brandon, you said you gave them a D, mm-hmm. and uh, I never gave my grades, but I uh, would give these guys. I'd give these guys as C plus, uh, A for effort. But uh, Al, being the backbone of the second latter parts of the storyline, were just awful, and not good. Nineties uh, Daredevil. Is meh. Uh, artwork was pretty solid throughout. Um, had a few quibbles with the uh, spectacular issues, but uh, they're only quibbles. Uh, this was also one of the very last issues, FYI, that uh, I believe that Sabu Sina actually inked his own work. Uh, uh,
4: he didn't ink his own work here. I think Scott Hanna inked
1: it. It was Scott Hanna, I'm sorry. So you got Scott Hanna inking his work. Um last last month was the last time he actually inked his own work. But Scott and I, uh did the inks in this issue. Pretty good pretty good job on the inks. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna complain about it. Uh, Hannah was always a pretty co- has always been a pretty competent inker. Now Bill Skelovich or how, how do you say it there, uh, Gerard? How's la- uh, Bill's son of Bill bitch's name? Since Sinkevch? Sincavich
4: patch kids.
1: cabbage. Since Kevich. okay. Well, since Kevich, when he started be Bissima's work, it was just ass. We got uh, so we got pretty diverse grades for this this arc. We got a B, we got a D, we got a C and a C plus. Gerard, you got the highest grade grade for amazing and spectacular this month. Congratulations!
4: <laughs> this is weird because the last time I was the most negative guy, but
1: yeah, I no, <laughs> which that's pretty funny. Now we're going we're moving on to the latter two parts of the Ben Riley side of things. The Exile Returns, parts three and four. Spe- uh, Web of Spider Man number one nineteen and adjective Spider Man number fifty seven. So take away.
0: so what has gone before? Venom's like, I'm gonna go to town to kill Carnage. Oh, Carnage is back in jail. Well I'm gonna do some random flashbacks. Hey look, it's my other symbiote from that miniseries. Help me, I'll kill you. Dur to durpa durpa, I'm a clone, I'm a clone. <laughs> oh no, Venom, why didn't Peter ever stop him? Dun da dun da on hoodie, heroic music. Oh my god, I've been stabbed in the chest. I'm not cut out for this hero business. Which brings us to now, Ben returns home to heal from his fight with Venom, where he got gashed in the chest. He tries to call uh, somebody named Trainer, but passes out. Seaward Trainer. Dun-dun-dun-dun-dun.
2: Remember
0: that name. Another woman who lives in the building named Gabriel Greer sees him passed out in the middle of their, you know, little... Uh, What are those homes called? Like, efficiency... The, like, really, really poor efficiency homes. But she sees him, and she insists on taking him to the hospital. Venom's lost track of Ben, and he decides to see Peter to shed some light on the situation of who this other spider is. Uh, He goes to the parker's new address, which is their brownstone apartment, and they're not there. And he looks at ESU, can't find them. The Bugle and Aunt May's house are all deserted. And he's like, where have all the Parkers gone?! which is kind of funny. So Ben is taken to a cheap clinic where one of the nurses, you know, you get what you pay for at these cheap clinics, by the way, calls Ken Ellis due to a tip. Uh, he basically said, hey, I'll have a reward for anyone that can give me a tip about this guy coming to the hospital because of a big gut wound. Because Ken Ellis, you know, he's using some detective work. you got to hand it to him. He's, you know, going to find out who the Scarlet Spider is. Scream follows Ken Ellis's cab hopping, hoping being led to the Scarlet Spider will lead her to the Venom, who she still thinks can help her, even though he almost murdered her last issue. But I digress. Meanwhile, we're taken to some mafia house where there's a man reading the newspaper, and he's being yelled at by this crime group. They're like, Hey man, you know, you're supposed to take this hit out for us. Why are you just sitting here? His name is Kane, and he's looking at a newspaper headline about the Scarlet Spider, and he's just ignoring these guys, and then all of a sudden he attacks them all as they draw their guns on them, And he demonstrates the mark of Cain on them. And he's like, something suddenly came up. Now, through all this, we don't really see a full picture of him. He's just a shadowy figure. Ooh, and we get lots of shadowy figures in these early arcs. And the mark of Cain, uh, if you haven't seen it, it's just big, big, big facial scars that kind of look like, you know, webbing or veins. It's just, Google the mark of Cain in Google images, and you will see a good picture, or we'll put it on Spidey. So Ben barely leaves the hospital, escaping Ken Ellis, who doesn't get his name because he checked in as a John Smith. So while he's escaping through the air ducts, he puts his mask on and encounters Scream on the roof. He refuses to help her and swings away, which pisses Scream off greatly. Ben, in the shadow, saves some people from the debris of Scream's tantrum, which, you know, was kind of a mistake, because he remembers how his inaction, or Peter's inaction, caused Uncle Ben's death ben mixes something back at his apartment while preparing to confront venom gabriel greer knocks on the door she's like hey so how's that gut wound working out for you but he's like oh busy go away so scream's messing around at times square when venom attacks her yeah g scream looking for the guy who tried to kill you last issue thinking that will help you again and you find him and he tries to kill you again who would have expected that to happen Scarlet Spider comes in and hits Venom with impact webbing, and the epic battle begins, which continues into the issue of no adjective Spider-Man, which later became Peter Parker's Spider-Man. Ben is starting to lose the fight somewhat, but thoughts of Aunt May motivate him to break out of Venom's little chokehold. And he's pondering Spider-Man and Venom's truce that Venom alluded to before. Now, the Scarlet Spider knocks Venom to a roof a few buildings away, which was really cool. Ken Ellis is trying to work on the story when he Jonah Jameson comes and he's like, oh, you're doing a good job, just remember the stay objective. Wait, did Jonah Jameson just tell someone the stay objective? What's going on here?
2: What's going on here?
0: The fight continues between Scarlet Spider and Venom, and we even get an Eat Your Brains comment. (sighs) This was the 90s people. Ben Riley continues to use the impact webbing on Venom, and which is really annoying him. We then get to a one-page uh, thing of the Grim Hunter, who was Graven's uh, bastard love child, who was introduced earlier, uh, before the Clone Saga began, and he's at Craven's grave, and he's announcing that he'll have some revenge, which was really random, and then we go right back to the battle. Venom is in a full web cocoon now, trying to break out. So we then get some more anvils from Ben, talking about how out of character the deal between Peter and Venom was, which I'll get into later. We get another one-page thing in Salt Lake City. Jacob Raven, Detective Raven, has shown some markings from a killer he's been searching for. Done foreshadowing. Venom finally breaks out of the cocoon and he throws himself and Scarlet Spider over a building. Criminal named Thorpe kills his brother and tells the rest of the crime family that they need to stop Spider-Man. In another little one-page uh, subplot that was randomly scattered throughout the issue, we got a lot of those. We, you know, between Thorpe and Jacob Raven, and the Grim Hunter, at least the Jacob Raven thing actually went somewhere. So, Kane's watching in the shadows. As the fight between Venom and the Scarlet Spider continues, Ben shoots impact webbing into Venom's mouth, which causes it to separate and grow. And the separation between Brock and the costume is hurting him. Ben takes him down again, and while he's doing it, he criticizes the deal between Peter and Venom. Cain ponders Ben's ability to survive and persevere, and then we get, a, we get a full splash page reveal of Cain, where we see what he looks like and we see his costume, which is cool. The symbiote's like, well, that didn't work with Brock, so it tries to bond with Ben Riley, but Ben rejects it. And uh, we're going to get a similar situation later on in the Clone Saga, where Ben is not able to reject a symbiote, but we'll get into that later. The symbiote and Venom are put in separate containers and taken away, and Ben feels that now that he's got Venom, nothing can stop him. We didn't get a splash page of some of the obstacles that Ben will be facing soon, though. That's the end of the exile returns.
1: Okay, anyway. And that's the end of Bryn very first story arc. We got uh, now remember, these guys were written these these issues were written by Terry Kavanaugh and Howard Mackey. Now I love me some Howard Mackey, but Terry Kavanaugh, man <laughs> you pretty much fail sometimes. Uh this guy he was either hit or completely missed the mark, and I feel like the web of Spider-Man issue was not that good for that particular reason. Now, Bertoni brought up in the review, uh, Scream uh, being the person that uh, ser- searching out being Venom. an idiot. Yeah, she's an idiot throughout most of that issue, <laughs> even though she just tried to, almost got killed, you know, by the uh, Venom and Betty Brock combination, and uh, yet she's still seeking him out. I was like. Really, really, because that makes no sense. And then you got Howard Mackey on the other hand, who's, who's inserting all his little story nuances, like the Grim Hunter, um, who basically was fixing to be a big sacrificial lamb later on, and you'll see why. Uh, <laughs> at this point in the Clone Saga, you gotta take you gotta take an account. This is this is month uh, two, or I'm sorry, month, yeah, month two, or really month three. Um, the, the, the third, second and third story arcs that ran through this this book at the time. So you got, really, at this point, we started seeing an editorial shift behind the scenes. Behind the scenes, uh, Tom DeFalco was on his way out. The geniuses at uh, Marvel decided to separate the books into five different editorial staffs, meaning there was five different e- editors-in-chief, over five Branches of of uh, Marvel. Now, uh, at this point in time, this really we don't really start seeing this uh, until next month. But uh, with the Falco out, Todd Dezango, who was brought in to uh, basically he was brought in under Tom's wing to to learn basically how to write the Marvel way, and uh, he starts being on his way out now. Kavanaugh uh, is also, you know, still working at this time. You got uh, the X-Men, and to disc- explain the five editors in chiefs, there's the X-Men group by Bob Harris, <laughs> the Marvel Heroes group by Mark Grinwald, Marvel Edge group, which was Bobby Chase, the licensed titles, alternate-verse group, Carl Potts, and the Spider-Man group now is overseen by Bob, Bielinski, longtime Spider-Man editor, Danny Fingeroff, was still on board as the group editor um, at this time, but the Clone Saga was really already well underway. Tom Brevoort was also brought in. Um, Brevoort was a full editor, and Glenn Greenberg was the assistant to Tom Tom Brevoort. Now, Glenn is well-known throughout the interwebs as the uh, -the behind-the-scenes guy on Life of Riley. Uh, so if you go to that website, uh, lifeofreillyarchives.blogspot.com, that's where you'll uh, read a lot of this. Now, it's a 35-part epic. Uh, a, a lot of this we're going to be touching throughout the Clone Saga. This is kind of the big status quo change behind the scenes of Marvel. So, you know, I wanted to start talking about this now. But guys, give you your... Uh, so, uh, Ben Riley. Uh, I like the way he used his impact webbing and he used his stingers to solve this problem of Venom. I liked how he... Basically outsmarted Venom. I like the dynamic that uh, Ben's carrying. It's not like it's Peter. P- it's just another version of Peter Parker. Ben really is becoming, becoming his own character. Although the, uh, we're not being beat over the head with "I'm a clone" every five seconds like we were last month. It's no. Still-
0: we're just being beat over the head with "I can't believe Peter made the deal. That was so out of character." Hey guys. Hey guys. Every other page. Yeah, the
1: <laughs> the deal with uh, Venom was. A big out of character moment. Now it it happened in Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man number 375, uh, written by the Venom co-creator McIlhenny, and uh, artwork by Mark Bagley. And it was just, it was really a bad, bad situation. I I think it was bad overall. I just, I didn't like the, I didn't like the way it was was done. It's, it's not a very good story. Um, And I tell you right now uh you know, it was warrantly justified, but, yeah, we were beat over the that's, been the... that's kind of the problem with the Clone Saga, one of the problems people will have. You're beat over the head with things, over and over and over again. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that that I guess you could call that a quibble. Uh, I'm not going to get too angry about it or upset about it. But, uh, you know, I give, I give these issues solid, uh, solid B-minuses, nothing special but nothing terrible. Uh, the only thing that really annoyed me was the cutscenes with the Mackie issues. For Tony, what are your thoughts?
0: Well, I'll start off with saying, yeah, the cutscenes with the Mackie issues were really annoying because some of them were just very abrupt. Like, one page long, you'd be in the middle of the fight, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, we're going to stop Spider-Man, I'm the crime family, you're dead, boom, boom, boom. And then, like, for a page... Like, that's barely even a subplot. I mean, and some of the stuff like Jacob, Raven, and Kane, that's important. But then, you know, the Grim Hunter just showing up, like, for one page to obviously foreshadow his role next month. Uh, that was annoying. That picture where, um, at, towards the beginning of No Adjective Spider-Man, where Ben's in a chokehold, it looks like Ben's, like, thinking, well, Venom's chokeholding him, like, he's really deep in thought. It's kind of funny. We did get some Only a Clone ahead, Only a Clone stuff again, but it wasn't as bad. The This is also our first appearance of Jacob Raven, which is a subplot that's going to become very, very important. And obviously these were our, this was our first appearance of Kane, which that's going to eventually intersect with the Jacob Raven subplot, but that's very important. We also got the first mention of Seward Trainer or Seward Trainer, I guess we got to pronounce his name, who I believe was named after Howard Mackey's father-in-law, not his first appearance but his first mention. Uh, first impact webbing, lots of, you know, uh, clone stuff making their first appearances in this uh, month. One thing that yeah. was, we also got Ben's first love interest. She was kind of swept under the rug. I don't want to say swept under the rug, but Gabriel Greer, she didn't really stick around because I think it was way too early in the clone saga to be introducing a love interest for Ben at this point because there was a lot of other stuff that they had to get out of the way. There was really no time for romance, and next month they, are, they give him a different love interest, which uh, was kind of an odd choice. And we'll get to that. Uh, it was kind of interesting how they did it, but that's getting
1: well. It. I mean, I mean, uh,
0: spoiler alert: he's gonna he's gonna hook up with Betty Brand next month.
1: Yeah. Well, the uh, the way that all went down, I mean, we got this love interest type thing, and then there was a lot of those forgettable characters that really were never really developed. Uh, during the Qualm saga, particularly with Ben, uh, in terms of love interests. Uh, they were introduced, they were used for maybe one or two stories, then they were kicked out. You know, it was like, you really didn't start seeing full fleshing out of love interests until really after the, Scar- the Scarlet Spider era on the titles. But you bring up a good point there, there, uh, for Tony. I, I, I totally, I totally glossed over that, so.
0: Oh, Gabriel, I mean, she's, but yeah, I mean, you know, otherwise. You know, SeaWorld Trainers first mention, Impact Webbing, first Impact Webbing, which, unfortunately, hasn't really been addressed so much after the Clone Saga. Uh, You know, Kane, Jacob Raven. You know, there was some good stuff here, and this felt more like Spider-Man stories to me, maybe because he's, you know, a classic Rogues Gallery member and stuff. Well, it's debatable if Venom's considered a classic Rogues Gallery member. But this, to me, felt more like Spider-Man story than this... um, I am the spider, I am the owl, I am the devil, I am the batwoman, I am the puma, stuff was. Which, yeah, which is I, ironic, because I like those writers better, you know. I'll take, you know, Tom DeFalco and D. Mateus over Terry Cavanaugh and Howard Mackey any day. But this was more down-to-earth. The thing that annoyed me, and I mentioned this before, was... Some, there's comic books where another writer will criticize something that a, a different writer did within the story, and there's a few different ways to do it. You can do it subtly, or you can hit them over the head with it. They hit you over the head every other page with, gee, that was very out of character and stupid, the deal that Peter made with Venom. Hey, guys, hey, guys,
1: that was... Well, out of I character. mean, uh, I think that you also... Uh, and if you, you go, got, go back, back and look... Reading, look at who the writers are. You got... I, I mean, Howard Mackey, God bless him. But sometimes he was either on the ball or completely off the mark. And Kavanaugh was even worse about that. And you really... I mean, the, of the four writers, the weakest link was Terry Kavanaugh. Period. In a discussion. Uh, I wasn't a big fan of what he did afterwards. I wasn't a big fan of what he did during the Clone Saga. But good God. I mean, it, it, that his writing brought down a couple of issues for me. And it's... And this is one of them. You know, this issue could add a lot of potential with it. Um, I'm glad that they did had him. Part one was really well written. Part three, not so much. It was like, okay, you're on pretty well. They're, uh, they're buddy, and then just completely fall off the rails. Um, so continue, Bertoni. I'm sorry. I keep if,
0: if you go back and you look at the issue where Peter actually makes the deal. It doesn't exactly happen the way that they're implying it here. You know, it's not like Peter says, all right, you can go ahead and terrorize people, and we'll leave each other... You know, it didn't happen like that. You have to reread the issue, which was Amazing 375. And by the way, after that, Venom had his first solo miniseries. And in that series, you even have Peter saying, um, I'm going to come after Venom after all. This deal was stupid. But then, you know, he's like, okay, Venom's being a hero now and everything. And it's resolved... I'm not saying that it's a retcon, but they kind of twisted the definition of what this deal was. And it, it, it's so weird, you know, because this is the 90s, and they're talking about a deal being out of character for Peter. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. If Howard Mackey and Terry Cavanaugh were writing now...
1: Yeah, they would be crucified.
0: <laughs> well, They would be crucified. They're people, I think that they were crucified back then, truth be told. Um, yeah, I
1: mean, I mean, when you, when you mention the phrase Terry Gavinoff, people were in terror.
0: And then, I love that there's a Mystery Man blurb, by the way, on the web cover where Kane first appears, because we get all that Mystery Man stuff. Overall, I'm going to give these a B. Um, I think I enjoyed them more, you know, than the other, because it just felt more like Spider-Man than me. Despite the little WTF stuff, like, Jonah says, don't be uh, biased.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, there was there was a couple of those during throughout this arc, but uh, I guess you could dismiss them a little bit. All right, now we're gonna go over to Brandon. Brandon, of course, is the uh, he's he's the new guy, so to speak, and uh, him and Gerard joined the
0: podcast at the same
1: time. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, they oh, he's the new guy to, to these books. He's not the new guy to the podcast. Meaning, he's these are a lot of these books he's reading for the very first time. So he brings a little bit different perspective. That's what I'm saying for Tony. So Brandon, with being the new guy, what are your thoughts about these two issues?
5: Okay, I, I like it because I, I do like Ben, and I do like him in this guy with spider uh, outfit and stuff. Um, I like how he was doing what needed to be done, like uh, taking out venom per se. I um, also, I also like the concept of impact webbing, and I like that uh, that a lot of that um, in both issues, which is kind of cool. Or at least the beginning of the first one and more of the second. Um, ben actually had some good quips, and you could tell he was getting uh, a little bit more comfortable crime fighting. Uh Oh, and um, he had the stinger at the end of uh, the second issue. Which, or I think, the, yeah, I thought that was cool. And they did repeat it in uh, the other, you know, the, the craptastic uh, other from... 2000 whatever. Yeah,
1: but those those stingers are a little different. These were ones that yeah. Ben actually made himself. Unlike, yeah, exactly. Yeah, things that grew out of his Peter's wrists, which it was either the top or the bottom they never could decide. But go exactly. ahead, exactly. Oh yeah, um
5: it, it's funny because It's magic. All I could... oh. Yeah, it's magic. You can't explain oh, it's it. Um, magic.
2: It's magic. You know. you know.
5: Okay. Okay, so anyway, um Every time I think of this stinger though, I you know the Marvel versus Capcom video game, I always picture Spidey going, Spider Sting and
4: Oh god, you're right. Yeah, so um Venom it it a, a all of its own. Yes it did. <laughs>
5: um, uh it was a really cool way to beat Venom with the impact loving, so that was cool. And oh and I like the artwork and it was a good story arc and
1: that's all I got. Okay, Gerard, go ahead.
4: Well, first I want to mention something about Web of 119. On one of our earlier podcasts, I kind of went into this little uh, spiel about how occasionally Butler would only do uh, breakdowns or would have a lot of fill-ins during his run, which was all too short to begin with. This is one of those, I think this is the first time he actually only does breakdowns as opposed to doing full pencils. So, uh... That allowed him to focus quite a bit more, I think, on layout and things like that. And this issue, for me, artistically, was a lot clearer than the previous ones, if only because he was able to to shift his focus from doing uh, full art to, I don't know whether or not he was behind or if that was a conscious decision that they made to help him along, but it was a very good idea because the art in this issue, I thought, was t- the best of the issues he's done so far. Um, so good art, solid writing on this issue I thought, you know You, know, you, you didn't like Terry Kavanaugh's script here And I, I disagree with you I, I like this one a lot I, I like this one a lot As opposed to the previous well, issue Well, okay,
1: okay it, it, To be fair It's not who is facade Okay It's not that <laughs> level of that
4: I, I'm still angry I don't know who killed Lance Bannon Goddammit, it I need to know oh, well, It's, it's magic. magic Oh, God you know, Magic killed him
1: yeah. No, I mean, apparently it was heavily implied that it was supposed to be J. Jonah Jameson.
4: Or there was another rival photographer, I think, that sort of showed up with that story.
0: You said J. and Jameson. Did you mean John Jameson?
1: Was it J.J. J. or John that they were I
0: think that. that they were implying it was John.
1: Oh, okay. I don't... Dude, I haven't read the story in... But anyway, okay. for me, the the highlight of this
4: issue was actually Kane's little quick appearance. I thought that was... Badass. I mean, he shows up and he takes out this room with experienced gangsters with guns that, pointed at him.
1: That that was pretty pretty. Uh, the, that was probably the best scene of the book. I won't
4: lie.
0: I love how he's just sitting in the chair, like reading the newspaper, like he's at a country club or something in his costume. <laughs>
4: yeah. Although, for some strange reason, in the first couple of panels, I don't think he has gloves on. Maybe that was a coloring mistake or something. But I don't know. But anyway, uh, the, a lot of the weird. Terry Kavanaugh tropes of crappy dialogue and stuff like that weren't here, so I actually like this one. Probably the best out of all the issues this month. Spider-Man 53, on the other hand, eh. Now, I mean, I, I'm I'm well known for bashing Tom Lyle, but I thought he did a really good job on this issue. Uh, it was a very tough one to draw. There's a lot of action scenes, things like that. And I think those come across well, like the, I don't, I already forgot who mentioned it, but the scene where he sort of backhands Venom across the street and into the billboard, that, that, I was like, that, that's nice. Really, really good job there. And, um, but this issue had a lot of problems, I thought, with the script, particularly with the pacing. Like you guys mentioned, those uh, there were a couple of those scenes where they just, one page, quick cameos that just sort of cut into the story. The Jacob Raven one was mildly interesting, with that uh, Grim Hunter scene just it just felt like a waste of a page. Yeah, um,
1: well, uh, the one thing I will say about Lyle, I know you're bringing up his artwork. You, you can tell he used a lot more splash pages. A lot, there wasn't a whole lot of you know what I'm talking about. There, there was there was bigger yeah. panels per page. You know, you know, and I, I felt like that if he if he does that, he's I feel like he's a lot better than if he tries to do like detailed close-ups.
4: Well, in, I mean, that's true just in general of any artist, I think, because d- drawing those scenes where people sit around a table and talk to each other are probably the hardest ones to draw because of the way that, you know, you have to figure out interesting angles and all that stuff. And this scene doesn't have a lot of that. I mean, it was just, it's a fight comic. And, and you know, you're going to have big panels of dudes swinging at each other and shooting impact webbing and stuff like that. It's a, I mean, this is the image era, basically. And that sort of thing was coming more into vogue. Than the old, uh, you know, Steve Ditko nine-panel structure. So we're seeing a lot of that. And like you said, Lyle was that kind of an artist trying to get into Image. That might yeah. not play into that. I don't know. But the, it, it felt very Image-y in its construction, I think.
1: And and to kind of people that there are – I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, chances are you know what's going on when we're saying Image-y. But uh, at that time, there was the company called Image. They launched – it was Liefeld, McFarlane, those guys. Uh, Larson. Were, Larson, yeah. And it was a group of Marvel, former Marvel artists that kind of did a, w- went off and did their own thing, and it was bad for the industry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> wow, that was a blanket statement.
4: Well,
5: well, hey, like, Savage Dragon's awesome. Sa- okay, okay.
1: Well, you, And Invincible. There's one. There's one good book out of like what twenty. That launched at that point? I mean, Spawn, didn't he become Satan at one point? I mean, really? Come on. Uh, I never read Spawn. So, what's your grade, sir? Um, You know, I would give Webb
4: a B+, but I would give this adjective with issue about a C-.
1: Okay. All right. B+, C-, C+. Bertoni, what's your uh, grade?
0: Uh, I said in my little wrap-up thing, I'm giving it a B because, like I said, it felt more like a Spider-Man story than the "Who am I? Am I the man or am I the animal-themed person?"
1: Yeah. And uh, Brandon, what do you giving? give it? A. Giving an A. Wow. Okay. So we got uh, like Brandon, Brandon. Brandon's giving the highest. Or yeah, Brandon's giving the highest grade for the Ben Riley parts. Uh, Gerard's giving the highest grade for the Peter Parker parts. And, me and Bertone are just kind of stuck in the middle. All right. With the look back wrapped up, we will give a preview for next month, uh, the next month that we're reviewing, which will be the month of January 1995. At this point, we have well, – that, uh, That's
0: cover dated. I think that we're actually – that it's actually November at that point.
1: Okay. Sure? Yep. Okay. So cover date, nine, January 1995, November of 1994. We got the Web, Web Spider Man number one twenty. We got Amazing Spider Man number uh, three ninety seven. Spectacular Spider Man number two twenty. And the Spider Man number fifty four. We reviewed. We, okay, we're done with our look back, but we're going to be looking into the present now with the Spider Man Clone Saga miniseries issue number three, which came out.
0: We're last looking week, into then. the present, which is looking back. So, we're looking into, like, some weird-ass tunnel thing that's twisting around.
1: We're looking into the more recent past. How is that, asshole?
0: But the recent past is looking into the even more recent... Okay,
1: dude, really? Really? Really?
0: What (laughs) if Dr. Evil goes back in time and meets his... Stop. (laughs) Like a giant Mobius strip
1: of the time stream.
0: skewed off!
1: So, we've gone from 1994, our nostalgic childhood, to our... Last week, we just picked up this book. Okay? Spider-Man and the Clone Saga issue number three. I'll give the synopsis for this one. We got the maximum clonage era of Spider-Man. We got Peter, Ben, and Kane strapped to a table, Jackal being wacky. We learned some revelations about the Jackal and Kane, and we see Kane's face for the first time in this miniseries. We got more Mary Jane and Aunt May, uh, who Jane, Mary Jane's, Jane's Jane. now trapped a mysterious Jane. illness. We get the... Uh, uh clone of Gwen Stacy uh we get Kane busting busting the move on uh Jackal and a bunch of clones we get a quick resolution to that particular subplot meaning they all melted just like in the real story we got uh Jackal and a surprise plot was with Kane that happened to this issue the antidote is uh is retrieved it's given to Aunt May and Mary Jane, Aunt May's okay, she's all better now. We got the, uh, and we got a big, big final scene with Ben and Peter and essentially the passing of the torch before we get a final cutscene. That was not the final scene, but the final cutscene is Kane talking to his mysterious employer, which is referenced to be a certain somebody who died in the early 90s.
0: Gentlemen. Facade. It's not Facade. It's, Lan- it's Lance Bannon.
1: It's not Lance Bannon. Uh, Nathan Lepunsky Really? <laughs> gentlemen.
0: I got to know, man. I can't wait.
1: Okay. Brandon, go first with your synopsis. Or with what your thoughts are on the Clone Saga issue number three. I kind of gave a really bare bones synopsis because I didn't want to go into heavy detail because I want you to go pick this book up so that we get some sales up. Please
5: okay um I liked it uh, I like I didn't like it as much as the first two but I I liked it I liked it medium like uh, the artworks nice I was never a huge fan of maximum clonage I'm glad they didn't put spider-side in there um, I thought that uh, they mentioned that Ben was the original and Peter was the clone really abruptly and they didn't really focus on it at all I liked uh I, I always used to like the splash pages or the little panels where it would look like Spidey was doing all kinds of flips and uh, and shit like that, and uh, um, at the end, the last, well not the last panel, or not the last page, but the one before that, where Ben gets the costume, he's uh, doing all kinds of flips and stuff like that, and uh, I thought that was cool, especially because there's lots of details in it that uh, Todd Nock put in. Um, the Jackal, I'm glad he, well, can I spoil anything?
0: War. Sure, go for it. Cover your ears if you don't want to know what happens.
5: Okay, I'm giving you time to cover your ears now.
0: Okay, I'm uh, um, I'm
5: glad that Kane capped his <laughs> this. uh...
2: <laughs>
5: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, Kane pulls out a gun, blows. His
0: <laughs> it was the
1: nineties. I, <laughs> <laughs> I was a I was I was gonna say another word, but I don't want to offend any African American listeners on this podcast. Like Don O'Mark. Like Don O'Mark, yeah. <laughs> we love you, man. We, we love you, Don, but, but I could just see some black thug or, you know, Ringo! Bam! Bust a cap! <laughs> <laughs> I just offended the, uh, the Hispanics now. Cool. You're
0: going to offend the clones, too. Bust a cap!
1: I thought I could have never been... <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm a real boy! I'm a real boy! I was born real boy We'll get help! <laughs> <laughs> Warren! Warren, we're the no guilty! The of I'm a real boy! Mary, <laughs> Mary Jane! <laughs> <laughs> Mary Jane! If
0: any part of me is <laughs> like the real <laughs> Mary Jane Watson, like the real <laughs> Mary Jane she loves Jane Peter Watson. Parker. She
2: loves Peter Parker. More <laughs> <laughs> than world. World. anything!
1: <laughs> no! <laughs>
2: Jane.
1: Cause guys do this reverse suck motion sucking in motion when they cry I did my best and we focus on one phrase or word. I
2: did my best I do my best.
0: It's too late, Tiger. I'm falling apart too. We'll get help. Warren! Warren! Where oh, Where in blazes are you?
4: Anyway. You okay.
1: guys are real nerds.
4: You got <laughs> you memorize the script?
1: Uh, only where Tony memorizes the script. He just happens to remind me.
4: Anyway
5: <laughs> Oh, okay. Um where where was I? Uh, no, i, uh, I, I um, not Oh, Kane was capping cap cap. something.
0: Yeah, yeah, and, if, and if we did voice impressions for like half an hour. <laughs>
5: Okay. Uh, okay. So anyway, um, I like that Cain kind of uh, uh, killed him with the, the mark of Cain, and I thought that was used really well. And um, I like that he's like, that what he did was uh, um, was because he knows that Peter and Ben how they feel about killing, but uh, um, and he thre- and he made them decide what, uh, if they were going after him or saving on May, and you could tell that family matters the most to them. So I thought that was a nice touch. Um, Tom Falco writes family really really well like uh he well, he's writes been doing a good for
1: 10 years I mean I yeah. mean I mean to be fair he's been doing spider girl for the past 10 12 years Uh he's been having to focus on writing a family even though uh, surprisingly enough as, as well as he writes it he doesn't have uh, his wife is is a uh, I I think she passed away last year I don't Aww. think he had Aww. any
0: kids he also did fantastic four for a while which was you know a, a family book and when he did it he gave them like the extended family with
1: yeah which, Franklin which
0: richard's grown-up guy uh elijah the super scroll and
1: yeah the um, uh the, that run is either loved or hated
0: loved it uh, for
1: the record me too so I, I never actually read it uh i'm a big talk to fan myself so anyway uh brandy bring up a lot of good points uh you you get any more? I hated the cover. The cover wasn't that bad. It wasn't deceptive. It wasn't like a pack of lies, as Mister Mister La Tour said. But uh, it was better than it was better this month than last month. When Stacy's head.
0: Uh, you, when Stacy's headless ghost never attacked the city. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I thought that was going to happen. That like Gwen Stacy's giant floating head was going to attack me
1: Really, <laughs> Really really because i i could slap you upside the head right now okay Um, uh,
5: one thing about the cover i think that the gwen stacy floating head of guilt should have been um in blue or something like that because it kind of has like skin tone on it and then all of a sudden it the city like goes into it and you don't see skin tone anymore then people would have been like
0: oh it's in blue um, that's copying Spider-Man Blue, which did it much better. It was written by Jeff Loeb and illustrated by Tim Sale. It's available in Okay,
1: play. okay, okay, got it,
0: okay. Enough.
5: Okay, yeah. so maybe you maybe put the head in a, di- or an all-skin tone it, and make it, 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 it lower it's, the it's opacity. A look, it's,
1: it's a heading, flo- it's a floating head guilt of shame. What? Good God. Floating, floating head, of head of guilt of shame. Floating head
5: of guilt of shame. Which is a clone. It's a clone floating head of guilt of shame.
1: Yeah, um...
0: Floating Head head of Guilt, which was, by the way, um, coined by a user over at Scans Daily named Sam Dawes, who's now a moderator over at, like, their third incarnation. Nice. When I used to do the Gwen Stacy series over there, she, and it had that reoccurring floating head, she called it the Floating Heads of Guilt. I want to say that was her, because if it's not her, I'm really, like, insulting the person who did it.
1: Feel free to leave us an iTunes review or an email. But preferably not angry ones. Yeah, oh, We'll get we'll get to that in a minute. Okay, anyway, uh I'll give my thoughts. Uh, what's your final grade there? Uh? Oh, um I'm going to give it a B because it wasn't my favorite, but it was good nonetheless. Okay. Uh I'm going to give my my two cents here. I was reading this book and I've read it about 4 or 5 times because that's how I've done the Clone Saga like mini series. That's how you and, roll. Uh, that's how I roll. And uh I liked I even liked the cl- maximum clonage part, okay? Um the pacing is very brisk. This almost should have—I feel like this is almost should have been a uh, twelve-issue story arc. I really do. I feel like that—that that, that if it had been a little bit longer, we would have gotten a little bit more Jackal. I felt like he was kind of introduced, quickly brushed under the rug, and subsequently killed off. The Kane parts—I really, really begun to love Kane, I've fallen in love in Kane, with Kane as a character with this with this story because he's really cunning and really Ass. I mean, he's such a, he's such the complete opposite. He's the true antithesis of Peter in this book. Peter and Ben are really similar in personalities, whereas Cain is just pretty much everything these guys are not. And I love that. I love the fact that he gives them the mark of Cain. He's like, my face! What have you done to my face? And then he straight up strictly just turns his head sideways and breaks his neck. It's I like,
0: also love how it's what have you done to my face? But you already have a mutated jackal face.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, he probably saw that as, uh, as the, uh... Pink, it ruins the whole color scheme. <laughs> God. Uh, I think he, he, he viewed himself as, like, uh, the, the epitome of genetic perfection. Uh, anyway, I, I liked that. I liked, um... That Kane was just an ass and throws the antidote to where Ben and Peter have to catch it. And basically, there's, there's, this is different than what it was like in the original Klon Saga. In the original Klon he was very, very much caring, and I believe he had a very, very, uh, deep love for Mary Jane. No. And?
0: Deep love
1: for... Well, he had deep love for Gwen, but, I mean, he was obsessed with protecting Mary Jane.
0: That was Kane. Are we talking about Kane or the Jackal? The Cain. Oh, okay, okay. About... Uh, that's why it's like, what do you mean, the Jackal of Mary Jane? What? Do you, no, okay, well, are you high? Yes, you're right. You're right, carry I, on. I, I...
1: Anyway, <laughs> um, so Kane is portrayed a little bit differently. He's a little bit more cunning. He's a little bit more consistent with his <laughs> earliest characterization of being kind of a two-bit thug. Some people say, well, the BS reveal uh, explanation. To Aunt May is kind of like, okay, whatever. I was really hoping to die again, because that was my favorite part of the Clone Saga. What? <laughs> it's one of my favorite parts, yes, when the old bitch died. Um, it was an emotional one. It was very good. Well, it was it was, it's because it was well written, okay?
0: You know the, uh, what, though? If they would have killed her off in this miniseries, and they still could, we have a few issues. It would have paled in comparison to what was done in Amazing
1: 400. And I think that's probably the reason they probably did. I I would bet five. Um, The last splash page is excellent. It actually reminds me greatly of the very first issue after the Clone Saga, uh, because Amazing would come out first. uh, No, it was the second issue that came out after the Clone Saga ended. The first issue being the spectacular issue, and then uh, Amazing came out a week later where Peter is in the suit for the first time in Amazing, and he's bouncing around. It's it's really a great, great double splash page. So I mean, I like the double, the big final splash page. Some people were disappointed that there wasn't been in costume, but he just got the costume from Peter. He hasn't got a chance to make one yet. Uh, I'm kind of curious to see if we're going to see a big jump in terms of. The pacing of when this takes place if we're going to see we're going to jump to ben and peter together uh, peter in his spiderman costume ben and peter's spiderman costume uh, very interesting development in that we might actually have uh, i said harry did i not say harry Osborn, bertone gotcha
0: uh you mean, you mean say- this time around you didn't you didn't say during the recording we've speculated off the record
1: Oh, that's right. Because we we didn't actually we yeah uh, we speculated off the record. And I I actually said that I think it's Harry because that's who it was originally going to be. Black back in Blood Brothers. There's the the last phrase is gotcha. Now gotcha is a particular, particularly interesting phrase because gotcha was used to kind of uh, haunt Peter towards the end of Harry's uh, quote unquote the end of quote unquote the end of Harry's life. Reign of Terror. Yeah, his reign of terror during the. uh, Uh, Spectacular Spider-Man 189 and then eventually 200 and beyond. So Gotcha is kind of a kind of a big, big clue that we're probably going to be seeing Harry Osborn as the mastermind of this whole affair. The assassin aspect of Kane really intrigued me. I liked it because I think it kind of goes, like I said, goes back to those original early issues where uh, a a good assassin like Kane would eliminate his competition. He would eliminate the people very quickly. He wouldn't leave loose ends. And I think that's what I liked best about this issue. I love the artwork. Todd Knock Todd has been knocking it out of the park, uh, pun intended. I even like the cover because it wasn't a pack of lies. So I'm going to give this issue a... Gerard, what are your thoughts?
4: I, I like this issue a lot. I mean, I, I thought the previous one was kind of a step down because the weird jump and all that kind of stuff. But I, I like this a lot. First of all... Todd, no, this is probably the best work I've ever seen from him. I mean, he just keeps getting better and better every time I see his art. It's fantastic, and it also has a sort of bright color scheme that you unfortunately don't really get all that much anymore in comics.
1: Oh, I know the the colors are amazing, bright, colorful. I mean, they jump out at you. They, they, the the colorist whose name escapes me for this for this second right now, but
0: uh, Javier Hartaglia.
1: Oh, is it Javier?
0: Yes, Javier Tartaglia. He's a badass
1: colorist. Yeah, Javier, you, Javier, you are badass, my friend, if you're listening, <laughs> which you're probably not. I hope you are. I mean, I hope uh, Tom DeFalco and Howard Mackey are listening. Cause, uh, if not, and Todd Nock. You... Yeah, and Todd all right, what we
4: And, uh, all right, anyway, so great art, and it was really, I thought, matched by the script. I mean, it moves really fast. There's a lot of... When I looked at it, you know, this is only part three of six. But it really closes up a lot of things. I mean, you see that sort of subplot with May and Mary Jane that's kind of wrapped up, it seems, at least at this point. Um, the whole intrigue with the two pods, uh, you know, seeing a mastermind at the end. It, it almost felt like the last issue of, of sort of modern miniseries where they kind of tease you along to slightly to the next thing. But this, that it just happened in half the time. It was impressive.
1: This is, this is the antithesis of business pacing.
4: Oh, yeah, this is is issue eight, and this is the the lead-in to the next mini-series a year from now, you know what I mean? Peter handing over the reins to Ben, I thought was great. I mean, it was done a very different way. They didn't make a big deal of the whole uh, clone question, you know. They introduced that, they they claim that Ben is the original, Peter's the clone, and then they just sort of brushed it off and said, you know what? It doesn't matter, because the people that we are, or, or, you know, the people whose lives we're leading right now, whether or not you're the real one or I'm the clone, it doesn't matter. And I love that. It's very different from how it's originally handled, but it's unique, and I like that a lot. And it also allows them to sort of hand the reins over non-clumsily, you
1: know? Um, yeah, because it was really a clumsy way of doing it before. And this is where you start to. See, I mean, we, we you see we see a little bit of differences in the Clone Saga in this mini This is probably the one issue that you see a complete alteration of different events that just, it flows a lot better.
4: <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I, I prefer this greatly to the original version that we're sort of covering now. Yeah. Um, as far as the, the only two things I didn't like about the issue, and these are minor things. First of all, like you mentioned earlier, Ben and Peter's costume, it was weird. I won't say I disliked it that much, but it was just odd, and I really can't stand the jackal. So having him feature so prominently in this issue was kind of, was kind of annoying. And, and but I'm glad that he got his uh, neck cracked there right at the end. I won't be seeing that jerk again, unless he somehow beats <laughs> me like he always managed to do. But uh, it doesn't seem. Like, it seems the way it was written that they sort of closed the idea that he could bring himself back by saying he had just perfected it. With yeah. the the samples he took, it seems like that whole business was set up deliberately to show that his demise was really finite. Like he's not coming back, basically, because he hadn't perfected the uh, process yet. So, I would give this an A minus. I really liked it. It wasn't. I, I think the first issue was still the best, but this was very close. It was fantastic. Everybody should be reading it. And why the hell aren't you, people who aren't buying it?
1: Yeah, I mean, if you're wanting to read a good, solid, fun, fun Spider-Man book, that's the, th- that's the thing about the whole current status quo is this feels fun. I know they're trying really hard, and I know that they want to do the fun aspect of Spider-Man again, but I haven't felt like I've had fun. I haven't felt like I'm going along with a th- thrill ride. And Peter I had
0: fun.
5: It feels like more of a job <laughs> reading it.
0: Peter's having lots of fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah but... With all interesting new people every yeah,
1: I night. Mean, <laughs> this, I mean, okay, okay. no gloven, no lovin I will, uh, I will, I will, I will Kevin talk Kevin just said bit.
0: that on Facebook. He's like, it's National AIDS Day. Remember, no glovin no loving. I uh, kid you not, that's his Facebook status.
1: I will uh, talk a little bit more about the whole negative, the, how this feels fun and everything here in a bit. So, we're Tony. You're our last person to talk about the Clone Saga. I heard. I know you get some trepidation a little bit. Yeah,
0: I. I don't hate this, but when you said that this is the uh, basically the opposite of Bendis pacing, yes, it is. But like, and it's it's gonna sound hypocritical because I hate Bendis pacing. But then when you do something where there's a lot of stuff in one issue, and I complain, it seems hypocritical. But sometimes it is a little much, and the jackal. A very, very big Spider-Man villain, and I know that they're condensing the miniseries, but they bring him back and they kill him in one issue. Imagine if they did a brand new day story where they brought back uh, the burglar who killed Uncle Ben, who was killed in Amazing Spider-Man issue 200. What if they brought him back and killed him one issue later? Would that seem weird at all? And that's why it feels weird that the Jackal's back after all this time and then killed the next issue. Now, don't get me wrong. Great that Kane killed him, or as you, you know, said, you know, kind of capped him one. That was great. <laughs> that's great. Right.
1: That's a cap in that bitch.
0: Now, I don't know if they're tinkering with the past in this miniseries or not, uh, with the way that the original Clone Saga went down, but he's going on and on about how finally he has his Gwen back. Does he not remember that there is a Gwen clone running around from Gary Conway's run? Or is she non-existent in this timeline? Which if she is, that's okay. I mean, it's well, looking like okay. this is a different I mean, timeline, which honest, is fine.
1: Honestly, honestly, honestly. It would take the entire f***ing <laughs> issue to explain that the Gwen clone...
0: That's the way they do it.
1: <laughs> okay. Th- I mean, it would they couldn't explain the Gwen clone. I, I know that people, have, I think, have, have talked about this, but the Gwen clone's story is so convoluted and you really, you're right, I think this does take place in a timeline, possibly the quote-unquote altered timeline of Amazing Spider-Man's current direction, but it, yeah, I think this was a clone that he made for his doll.
0: Yeah, um, I speculated on that in my Gwen series, um, which I haven't gotten up to that part on Crawl Space, but when I originally reached on Live Journal, I said that I don't think that Warren intended to force himself upon a Gwen clone because he sees Gwen as pure and he would only make love to her if she would do it voluntarily. This is just getting way too deep into Warren's sexual. um
1: Psyche. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: I'm just gonna I'm just gonna take this in a different direction right now abruptly. <laughs> um, I like it's kind of interesting to me that they're that they are doing this in a different direction, and it looks like maybe Aunt May's gonna live, maybe she will die. But if Aunt May's alive and Ben's around and Baby May's born. That takes this series into an entirely new dynamic, which is kind of interesting. Um, I like the way that they they ambiguously called into question who was the clone and who was the real guy a lot differently than it was done originally. And as a result, Peter takes it a lot better. Cause now, everyone knows the story about Peter finding out and him smacking a bitch, but it was a lot more than that. Like Peter, When we get up to it, Peter really went off the deep end. I mean, he teamed up with the Jackal. Yeah, and speaking of the jackal, I could have done without the army of spider clones. That was one of the worst parts of the maximum clonage. And
1: they, you know, they made it work here.
0: They, they, they dealt with it quickly, which I'm glad. And now that we're done with the maximum clonage, I think that maybe hopefully we won't get so much whiplash with these with this storyline, because now they have a few more months to deal with some of the after maximum clonage stuff, which was a lot, you know, less convoluted at times. Uh, like uh, everyone else has said, I'm gunning for this mastermind being Harry Osborn. It's definitely an Osborn, but probably Harry, because gotcha, that's a pretty big deal to Harry. Harry said that uh, when he planted that bomb in Peter and Mary Jane's apartments during the 30th anniversary stuff. He said it when he sent the rhino after Peter Parker, the teasing and the thinking that his identity was revealed, Then Harry's just sitting in his cell in a creepily, you know, illustrated Sal Buscema page saying gotcha, he left Peter a box in his will that said, gotcha, making Peter think that Harry was alive. Hey, look, it turned out Harry was alive, uh, so Peter wasn't crazy. And then when he found out who was behind the robot parents, it was a video of Harry Osborne saying, gotcha. So if it turns out that this is Norman Osborne, it's, um...
1: It's going to be yeah, they, Come even, on. Even, I mean,
0: Although Norman Osborne did use a gotcha once um, during the um, Luke Ross run. He, yeah, he ransacked okay. Peter's apartment. Then he left behind. I mean, but yeah, no, this is which is good. I mean, this is an entirely different direction. Which they're not this... doing what the original Clone Saga did. But you know what? That's fine. Let baby may be born. Let aunt may live. May Harry Osborn the mastermind give Ben Riley Peter's costume. Let's do yeah. it.
1: Well, I mean, I mean, because remember, and we're going to get to this in a much more detail when we get to Blood Brothers. It was supposed to be Harry. When they were, I mean, Blood Brothers was, was supposed to wrap everything up, uh, but it
0: wasn't planned to be Harry um, on, from the beginning. It, yeah, from the beginning. That was later on when they were like, well, okay, I mean, they we need a look- back door, and we need. I mean, it was going to be the Jackal, and that was going to be it. And then they decided, okay, we need a Deucex Ex Machina, if I'm pronouncing it right.
1: Well, I mean, who knows? We really don't know what the early planning process was. Because remember, at the, at the point where we're at right now, at the p- very point where we're at right now in our reviews of the, the Clone Saga, the this is the point where everything started to fall off the rails. After After Exile returns, and when we start to get into Web of Death and Web of Life, which is what next month's or next edition of the podcast is going to cover, this is where it started to really fall off the rails internally. So we My Jump to the
0: shark moment was after four, Amazing Four Hundred. I think everyone has a different jump the shark moment.
1: Well, I forward. mean, I mean, behind the scenes, that's when that's when the and what I'm, what I'm meaning is is that behind the scenes, that's when the Falco was ousted as editor in chief. The marketing guys started to take over. Uh, but at this point, it makes sense because we've had three three at least three months of books that have come out and they've all sold consistently well. And so you've got all of that going on, and so there's the, the bean counters are saying we want more, we want more, we want more, we want more. And that's what I'm, you know, that's what I'm referencing to. Because there's a possibility they could they could use Harry. Uh, they could have wanted to use Harry early on, but then they, you know, they were like, okay, we got to push this out, we got to drag this out more and more and more. So, anyway, to each his own.
0: Ben Riley's using the Peter Park costume now. Peter he still has some plausible deniability that he's the clone, because the way that the Jackal kind of revealed it, it was ambiguous. It wasn't like they ran some tests, so... I kind of like that they're doing it this way differently, you know, more subtly and stuff, so... But otherwise, you know, I'm still getting some whiplash with the stuff. I think that the Jackal... I'm having mixed feelings. At one point, it's like, yes, the Jackal's dead. We're getting this part over with. And then the other part of me is like, well, it's kind of soon. You bring back a major villain, then kill him. Well, but they have to do it. I'm back and forth. But I'm loving the writing. I'm loving the arts. And I'm curious to see where they'll go next. Uh, What's interesting is, if they're having Peter retire here, the cover for the next few issues has Peter and Ben fighting side by side with Ben still in the Scarlet Spider costume, but... As we know, these covers are a pack of lies because um, there was never Ben Riley never trapped Peter in an acid tank saying, "Hey, what's up?" and Gwen Stacy's floating ghost head never attacked New York City. I'm going to say B plus.
1: Okay, so B plus. We got uh, R with uh, a. And what was Brandon's again?
4: I, I gave it a B, uh, a minus actually. And okay. Brandon gave it a A.
1: Oh, okay, sorry,
4: he gave it a he gave it a B.
1: Brandon gave it a B. Gerard gave it uh, gave it a B plus, a, a minus, A minus, A minus, A, B, and B minus. So that's the grades for this month on the Clone Saga issue number three. Uh, check us, check back with us in a couple of weeks we'll, or in a couple episodes. We'll review uh, issue number four. And, uh, okay, so we've gotten a lot of mail. We've got a lot of different ways to reach us. If you've uh, not become a fan of SpideyDude.com on Facebook, do it now. Go to uh, Facebook.com slash pages slash SpideyDude.com. There's no dot in the uh, in the URL. Uh, or do just a simple search on Facebook for Spidey.com. It'll be the first thing you pull up. Couple of things I, I do got I got to mention. Michael Bailey gave a, a big shout out to our podcast. Michael Bailey does a podcast called Views from the Law Box, and he also does. Really, he's he's kind of a podcasting machine. We, uh, he's on the uh, Crawl Space Podcast. He's on uh,
0: from crisis to crisis. From Crisis
1: to crisis. Uh, a mini show Views. from
0: Two True Freaks uh, where he spotlights the Justice Society of America.
1: Yeah, he he does a ton,
0: and he's on Starkville's House of L like every other episode. <laughs> They call him Professor Bailey there, but he did a Thanksgiving episode of Views from the Long Box, and he would list the things he was thankful for. And he went um, into a list of podcasts that he enjoys. He mentioned Clone Saga Chronicles, which was um, very flattering because number one, I mean, Michael Bailey and Views from the Long—that's a very big-time comic podcast, and we're only we've only released four episodes so far. Am I right?
1: Yeah, four yeah, episodes.
0: I, I mean, so for four episodes, I mean, we're already, you know, getting these. I mean, yes, granted, it's not like this is out of the blue. Michael Bailey is a friend of ours, and he's on another podcast with Zach. But, I mean, still, you know, that's not to take away. that That is kind of a big honor, so.
1: And I'm glad that he's listening. I'm glad he's enjoying it. And I'm glad that uh, that if we've gotten any viewers because of him, I am very, very appreciative. Because uh, we we've got a long way to go. Uh, we're still, like I say, we're still in our infancy, and uh, Bertoni's done a great job on the uh, technical side of things and getting this podcast out on time, except for that one time where I was a little late on the uh, r- recordings, but uh, we can forgive that. And also, our
0: bandwidth broke because of our popularity.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, we bro- we broke the internet in half. Because, Which I mean, is why we have a
0: new podcast last week. That and Thanksgiving,
1: we only have okay. By the way, we only have thirty six fans. Okay, Brad has like a 100- hundred. Thousand fan. I'm kidding. So become a fan of us on Facebook. Spread the word. Start recommending it. Also, check out Spidey.com. We'll have some, some more new content pretty soon, uh, like an editorial of why the uh, why the recent arc in Amazing Spider-Man was full of missed opportunities, and uh, more reviews from uh, Gerard Delatour and maybe some some tweaks to the site navigation by uh, Brandon and maybe some. Pick of the days if somebody would get off his ass and do it. Yeah, uh, somebody should. Somebody should. Another thing we you know, obviously we have the iTunes reviews which uh, we've had we've doubled our iTunes reviews over the past since our last episode. Who knows, uh, guys? Thank you for for giving us some reviews. But uh, there's two of them that I really want to address, and I thought about a lot when I was addressing these, and uh, when I when I read these for the first time now. Bertoni, having been an old pro at this podcasting thing he doesn't take things personally I don't take things really that personal I try not to take things that personally either but I do want to address some of the uh, complaints that have been made about this podcast now granted the format and the direction of the podcast may radically change between now and the the end of the show or the end of the review back issue reviews my deal is with with number one I've been there was an Obama comment that was made. Now, I'm going to read the reviews as soon as my iTunes finishes loading. There's an Obama comment that has been that was made, and it was in reference to us talking jokingly about Barack Obama's health care plan.
0: It wasn't even about the health care plan as much as it was. We were joking about Aunt May's house being burnt down and her losing insurance and saying yeah. that's why she needs Barack Obama's health care.
1: Yeah, it was it was a joke. Um, it wasn't it wasn't an abrupt insult. I don't, I, I, I don't look. I don't, I'm not a fan of Barack Obama. Anybody that knows me, anybody that has talked to me, knows that I'm, a, that I'm not a big fan of Barack Obama. But if we're going to say it jokingly, it's, uh, what makes us any different from Jay Leno? Oh, it was, it's a po- comics podcast. It was a reference to a comic character. A.K.A.M.A. A- 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 okay, it wasn't like we're sitting there and we're, t- and we're preaching at you. It was a joke. So if you can't, you know, have a sense of humor when it comes to our president, because I assure you, there was a lot of people that had a sense of humor about the former president at his expense. Then, really, I, 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 it's just hypocritical. So that that part issue out of the way. I have not. Okay, I'm going to be free freely and admit this. I have not listened to the Amazing Spider Cast in a long, long time, and I did not listen to their Clone Saga. Episode. I had a falling out with uh, the host Jen Capelli. She was supposed to uh, actually do site design for Spidey.com. dot Ended up being a bad deal. Uh, I really don't want to get into it, but her and I had a, kind of a big falling out. She had a big falling out with uh, the crawl space in general. Uh, I have no ill will towards any of those guys, uh, whether it be Chris or Jen. Um, I just haven't listened to their podcast for various reasons that you know are my own reasons. That being said, having not listened to those particular episodes, I don't know what they went into. And according to people that have listened to them, Bertoni, I believe you're one of them.
0: Yeah. Uh, I through
1: some road trips. They didn't go as in-depth as we're going. We're going in each issue, issue by issue by issue by issue. Okay? We're not glossing over issues. We're focusing very heavily on what's going on. Our synopsises are very detailed. I mean, scene by scene. There's not a whole lot of behind-the-scenes stuff that goes on these first two months or three months of the Clone Saga. The first three months of the Clone Saga, things were going smoothly. It's at this point where we're at right now is where things started to fall off with editorial and stuff like that. That's the difference between now and when we first started. And granted, when we first started, most of that episode was us kind of introducing ourselves. And prologue to the 70s. Yeah, in in the 70s part. So, I mean, you can't judge the, the, the entire podcast based off the first episode. you got to judge it based on, on, on the episodes following that. I, rec- I, I sincerely recommend that you guys continue to listen, because there's going to be a lot of insight. Uh, when it comes to interviews and stuff like that, um, I am working on that. So, just, just you know, I don't want to become a clone of Brad, pun intended. I, I don't want to become just another, you know, offshoot of the of the experiment crawl space. My job, I think, is to is to uh, that's just you know my job is to is to entertain. And if you don't like it, I'm sorry, I apologize. I can't give you your time back, but what I can give you is I can try to do better each each and every time. I think that's all, what we all try to do. You know, I, I'm working on trying to improve Spidey.com as best I can, but uh, sometimes we fall short. And I'm sorry.
0: I personally, I don't care about these bad iTunes reviews. In fact, um, I, even sit, I even put on our Facebook page, we got our first one-star review and we're wearing it proudly. Because, <laughs> look, you know, my attitude is if you don't like it, okay, you don't like it, it's not for you. That's cool. I mean, I only get pissy about bad iTunes reviews when it's something really stupid, like somebody who... Um, I'll tell a brief story. This is um, on my Bertone Beetle Bonanza podcast. I speculated if Paul McCartney had written a certain song about a groupie, because it was rumored that he had. I got a one-star review saying, how dare you speculate that Paul McCartney had a groupie. Paul would never write a song about a groupie. Did you know that he sang that song with his wife? Why would he be singing a song about a groupie with his wife? You're a hack. You don't blah, blah, blah. So the next episode, I apologized, and then I played a song that Paul McCartney wrote... And sang with his wife, called famous groupies, and then read from an interview where Paul McCartney admitted that he had groupies. I actually got an apology from that person.
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Let me. Agree. But,
0: but uh, oh, hold on. But yeah. Hey, look. You know, the Amazing Spider Cast. Um, I listened to what they did, and I have no personal beef with the show. It's um, I enjoyed it. It's you know, it's it's just another Spider Man podcast, but. And their Clone Saga look back, I enjoyed, but it wasn't my intent to be like, oh, let's copy this or something. What they did was, I mean, they skipped over some issues. In fact, I remember listening and being a little annoyed when they skipped over the holographic issue where the Gwen clone marries uh, the Miles Warren clone. But that was okay. I mean, they, they literally, like, we'll spend a lot more time on the issues than they do.
1: Which is fine. That's not saying that they, they did they that. Well, had three episodes that they were doing. Yeah, I mean, mean, you can't can't do the Clone Saga in three episodes. I'm sorry, it's just, you can't cover everything in three episodes. You could do it, but you're going to be glossing over a lot of stuff.
0: But, you know, look, it's, you know, if you don't like the show, look, I don't care. And I I, I honestly think that we've, you know, it's like we protest too much if we spend too much time defending ourselves against the bad reviews. Sometimes they have a good point. Sometimes they're areas we can grow on because, hey, we're a new podcast. We only yeah. have, uh, it's five episodes that we have up, if you count our unedited show. Yeah. There's, I mean, and yeah, there is stuff that we have to work on. You know, you don't like us, you want to give us a one-star review? <laughs> Zach's going to kill me, but you like us, you want to give us a one, if that's what you think we deserve, give us one, if you like oh, us. Oh, I have no,
1: I have no five problem. We get. love haters. Yeah. Hey, look, okay, and another thing I want to add, the fact that we, you're t- uh, I believe it was Scott, 327, who wrote Terrible, uh, and he also he was the one that talked about Obama and stuff like that, but he also said the host only prefers prefer only stories that are written by the writers of yesteryear and trash the stories that are written by the more current writers. That's because the current writers don't know how to use continuity and these other guys do. Okay? There was wildly inconsistent continuity in the in the recent Amazing Spider Man story arc that was actually better handled. By D. I'm sorry. It was better written. Mark Guggenheim, his strength is not continuity. Trust me, I've read enough of Mark Guggenheim's Amazing Spider-Man work to know it's not his strong suit. So, I'm sorry. I've tried enjoying the current run of Amazing Spider-Man. I've tried very hard. In fact, that's the only reason the only reason I'm still reading it is before that unlike the excellent Spider-Man crawlspace podcast. I laughed so hard when I read this this part of the, of the review because I'm on the Spider-Man Crawl Space podcast and have been since August of 2006, a.k.a. Episode 1. The, the Phantom Menace. Not the Phantom Menace.
0: Oh God.
1: Now, I'm going to read aloud the... Uh, Brittoni, finish your spiel. I want you to, I want you to finish
0: well, your spiel. Well, I was just going to finish off with, you know, a lot of people are going to try and compare us, and this is something that I talked about with Zach at length before we started this. It's inevitable that we're going to be compared to Crawl Space, which I wanted to avoid, because A, it looks like we're trying to horn in on something that they're trying to do, or just be a cheap imitation of, which the problem is we're associated with the crawl space, you know, I mean, you know, I'm a moderator there and I do content for the front page and Zach's a podcast panelist and an administrator there and he writes reviews for them. And a lot of our listeners have found us through the crawl space. So yeah, a lot of people coming in, no matter how hard we try, they're going to be looking at us saying, Oh, I like the crawl space. Let's see what these guys are doing. And you know, that's some pretty high expectations. Although, I mean, I mean, we'll, get, we'll get into a Facebook review where somebody where somebody said something that was surprising. Now, ironically, our for our podcast thing on iTunes where it says users who listen to this listen to, it names other shows. Crawl Space isn't on there, which surprises me.
1: And, and I think it, surprise, it surprises all our panel, does it not?
0: Yeah, enough said, yeah, yeah. Uh, which I've listened to, that's with Chris Johnson from uh, The Amazing Spidercast. Two True Freaks, great show. Uh, which Michael Bailey has a section on Amazing cast Surprise! <laughs> views from the Long Box and the Avengers Assemble podcast. Another good which show. I'm also a part of. <laughs>
1: no crawlspace. What the no heck? No crawlspace whatsoever. Which is which? We, which we, we, we've been talking about this for the past what, two, three months. For Tony, that it's it's really weird that it's not on there, but it's for some reason not on there. So you know, I can't recommend crawlspace enough. I love doing that podcast. It was what got me into doing this. It was kind of my gateway drug. Uh Brad's an excellent guy. He's a stand he's a class act, a stand up guy, probably one of the nicest fucking guys you'll ever fucking meet. We all four posts there on the crawl space message board, and that's also where you can, you know, leave comments on the that. show and on the spider.com over on the message board of the uh, crawl space. Okay. Our other one star iTunes review was written by JBC eleven fourteen. As a friend of the Clone Saga, I was excited when I discovered this podcast. Unfortunately, my excitement faded upon listening to it. It's two guys who give brief synopsis of a couple issues, often leaving out some important details. It's four guys. I think he only
0: listened to the first episode. Yeah. I could be it's- wrong, but that's, that, that's what I think based on a few different things he
1: said. Uh, then proceed to give each issue a letter grade. There's nothing new here: no interviews, no background information, no in-depth explanation of the story. Anyone can do a review show. Jokes, opinions, imitations, and insulting current storylines do not make a show good. Yes, they do. <laughs> if you're looking for real in-depth examination, skip this show and read the Life of Riley story on the web. It's like, like unlike this, it's the real deal, dude. First of all, um, I love Life of Riley. It's a great resource. Um, but as I've said several times throughout this podcast, there's not a whole lot of background information that I can give in these couple of uh, in these couple of uh, these couple of months because there's not a whole lot of background information that's given throughout life of Riley. So I'll be talking a little bit more about that next, starting the next episode. So I'm sorry, my bad, dude. Um, I will try to get in for interviews. I've got. Uh, some ones that I've jotted down that I'm working on. Um, I will try to give more background information. Uh, and I, you know, we do, I think we do a pretty good job about examining the stories. Do you guys think? We do a
0: scene-by-scene scene synopsis, so I don't know what he means about glossing, you know, glossing over details. But like I said, you know, I don't want to be one of those, I'm not going to name any names, but there's certain people in the industry who, if you don't like what they put out, they'll, Pick apart. (laughs) No, I'm not not gonna. I'm not gonna go any further with with what I'm saying. But they'll pick apart. Well, it's it's not
1: just not just one specific person.
0: If if you don't like it, you don't like it. And no, I mean that's fine with me. Zach, not so fine with, but that's okay too. Well, yeah. Let's talk about the people who gave us
1: good reviews. Yeah, because we do. We do have some. We do have some. And a Hulk fan. Oh one because apparently he lucked out and got that that as his avatar first. Uh, (laughs) Uh, I love this podcast. I'm looking forward to reading the Clone Saga trades once they come out. Both Zach and Josh will see to know their facts and are huge fans of the Clone Saga. I've never read the Clone Saga before because they are not available, and the stories seem too long and drawn out. But thanks to this podcast and the upcoming trades, I am sure I will give it a second chance. Well done. Good for you. Well, thank you, sir, and I really do appreciate it.
0: You forgot our friends, though.
1: Well, you know these two guys that are not named
3: Josh.
1: <laughs> these two guys not named Josh, and Zach. Uh, I feel at a very different dynamic. If you've not read Gerard's story on Spidey.com, it, to give kind of a brief synopsis of it, Gerard was a one of those Clone Saga haters. Am I correct? Yep. And uh, he has since kind of turned around and, and kind of seen the other side. Whereas. Brandon adds the dynamic of he was like three when these came out. <laughs> yeah, right. And so, he's a baby. He wasn't even you know reading yet. So, he's reading some of this stuff for the very first time. So, he gets a very, very fresh perspective on the show. So Whereas Josh and I, seem to, we both between the two of us probably know the most about the qual Saga uh, out of the group and out of some guys that call themselves experts. Uh, the only guy that I think knows more about the Klansaga than me and Josh is probably uh, the guy that did the Life O'Reilly series because he's he's he knows behind the scenes stuff and all that good great great stuff. Um, Andrew uh, Cortez, yeah, Andrew Cortez, uh, great. Uh, I've
0: got I've got a, uh, an email from him yet, but uh, hopefully he'll. We should email we should email him through his kid. His, his yeah. kids, his. I don't know if we mentioned before, but his kid's got a great blog where he reviews comics,
1: and it's, it's and it's so much fun.
0: It's awesome. I love his review. Of um, his kid did a review of Batman and Robin issue one, and he talks about. I love the look because Damien's looking like he's so tough, and Batman's looking at him like, "No, you're not."
1: <laughs> yeah, that is awesome. Yeah, it's it, it sounds like it's written by a kid. It's not some you know, poor man trying to write like a kid. That'd be kind of creepy. Um. So, great cast. Uh, he gave a five star review, uh, by Guyman Guy Man four four two. I greatly enjoy this podcast. I love the qu- its quirks and personality. Mary Jane! Mary Jane! It's new additions to the cast are great. If you love the clone saga, or if you are like me and know nothing about it, this cast is for you. I listen to the podcast to learn, and I must say I do. Great job, guys. Thank you, Guy Man. I do appreciate that. The more you know. The more you know. Um and now you know. And, and knowing no
2: you the battle.
0: To battle. GI Joe. I'm gonna have so much fun
1: editing sound clips for this one. <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. Exclamation point times like ten. Five star review by the extreme spider. Since I was since I was born, or could not read during the saga, this is helpful. I've already heard some of you guys. I've heard you heard some of you guys from the live callers of the Crawl Space podcast. I don't remember, I don't remember B dog Sorry. And Zach is the member of the Crawl Space. But what if you did a yearly podcast in which the Crawl Space, all of Bertoni's podcasts, and all of Michael Bailey's podcasts did a cross crossover with you guys? Um,
0: <laughs> I had an idea that was similar to that: podcast
1: wife swapping. Yeah, we, we've, we've talked about this, but actually, uh, I guess we could we could talk about it now. Now, next uh, the next edition of the Crawl Space podcast will actually have Bertoni Beetle on, uh, so we'll actually kind of have every oh, the whole gang on. The only person that will be missing is George, the esteemed George Berryman.
0: Um, and you? Who, well,
1: that's that's still up in the air. I don't know yet. Okay.
0: Okay, yeah, so but, that's all. Yeah, podcast wife-swapping, just to go into. Uh, I threw out an idea, and we haven't done anything yet. We're like, you know, all these people on our circle are doing podcasts. A great way to promote them would be, like, wife-swapping. For example, you know, uh, what, Zaxxon, Avengers, a podcast or something, or... Uh, so let's say you know one of the Avengers Assemble podcast people come on here, and Zach goes on one of his other shows if he has any. Yeah, I don't. Know. I don't I know think... if I, I don't know if any of my Beatles people would survive these comic podcasts, but <laughs> Zach, Zach did really well on Bertoni Beetle Bonanza. I have to say, better than I thought.
1: Well, you know, it, it actually had some interesting conversation, and I did learn something that. Uh, John solo stuff really does suck. Oh,
0: Especially the early stuff where it's him screaming yeah, cool. his wife's name for the yeah. whole album. I kid you not, they have an album where they're screaming each other's name. You know what? I'm editing a 10 second clip of it.
2: Yoko! 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 Yoko!
0: And it's like that for the whole album.
1: Okay. <laughs> yeah, the whole album. Okay, we've uh, we've got the iTunes reviews done. Now we got the voicemails. And our first voicemail. It, okay, it, well, we're it, gonna it, it
0: just goes to show you. I threaten a puppy. Nobody cares. I threaten Hannah Montana, and you guys all call in.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's right. Like, it, yeah, it's, uh, you know... <laughs>
0: it's like, we got Hannah... I mean, maybe they didn't want to see Jr.'s daughter cry or anything.
1: <laughs> maybe uh, it's all... I, I, of- wait, wait JR's, have- Jr.'s daughter is, like, fifteen, dude.
0: Isn't she... Uh, one of Jr.'s kids, maybe it's his son, watches Hannah Montana. Let's ask Jr.
1: Yeah, I'll have to ask... I'll, I'll ask Jr. I, <laughs> I know
0: that has seen Hannah Montana because of his children.
1: Uh, yeah, it's probably the boy. Oh. Because the boy probably has a crush on her.
0: Oh, which you know. <sighs> oh, it's okay. The kids who I babysit, they say to me, "Do you think she's hot?" And I'm like, "Um, I think she's 15." <laughs> <laughs> what does that have to do with anything? Well, you're like eight, so it's not a felony. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, if that That's girl a felony. Was, if that girl wasn't eight, was 18, man. I'd, oh God, this yeah, is I know. this is we're going in. <laughs> Well, I mean, I mean, she's a pretty girl, it's just, it's just weird. no, no,
4: it's just, no, weird. No. don't dig she... yourself any deeper, stop. <laughs> you're gonna get a, you're gonna wait, get, you're gonna get,
0: we get like ch- a one, you're gonna get like a one star review. The hosts of the podcast have a creepy obsession with underage girls. Oh, God. Um, he hey, I'm reporting I'm
5: the only one who could say anything here. Um, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's ask him then. Is Hannah Montana hot?
1: Don't call it. Oh, <laughs> well, you're you was the only one that's legally able to think. You're, yeah, you're the only one that's legally a- able to have an opinion. And what I was gonna say is <laughs> okay. Is so yes, yeah, yeah, sure.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Okay. Good for you. Oh. Okay, okay. Now I'm gonna take this one step further. Is she with the wig or without the wig?
4: <laughs> with the wig. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> with the wig. God. <laughs> That show hasn't been the same since at the end of the last season where they did the mind wipe where everyone forgot she was Hannah Montana and then she got back together with her boyfriend but they can only make out with with the wig off and he can't look at her hair. Um,
5: I I really don't watch it.
0: Um, That was a brand new day joke. Oh, okay. There was no mind wipe. Although there was a Civil War-like moment and I'm stopping now.
1: Okay, dude, seriously, because I know you're a nanny and all, but... It's creeping me out. Yeah, you would you wouldn't catch me dead watching that show. So well, anyway, onto on the voicemails.
0: Santa Montana yeah. gets to live this week because we have three voicemails, not one, not two,
1: but three. Now two of them are from the same person, I think.
3: Yeah, it's, it's like this. I'm in a a Tony Shit and I'm uh, yeah, I'm trying to read some mail. <laughs> anyway, my question is, what should you guys have an uh, opening for the show, with the animated series stuff. What do you uh, take on Clones Saga and animated for another in, in media for the years? I, I hope you get that late on it and all, and all for you in summer space. Bye.
1: Okay. Uh, what Steve is asking, and I, he's asking um, why we're not talking about Clone Saga in Different media's like the action figures and the animated series, for example, we'll probably cover that, Steve. Uh, once we get done with the comic books, so that's that's exactly what uh, uh, we are going to get to it. Don't worry, I, we're going to probably give a full review of "I really, really hate clones" and "Goodbye Spider-Man" or "Farewell Spider-Man." Those two episodes, the final two episodes of Spider-Man the animated series.
0: I've never seen an episode of that show.
1: Never? No. <laughs> wow. I mean, never. We I've never seen an episode either.
2: Mary Jane, no! Oh,
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm falling. I, I'm, I'm my narrating. narrating my whole entire. What that? That. Yeah, if you I never Toby was <sighs> with Christopher Daniel God, Barnes can narrate. Weird. The been some kind of glitch. <laughs> oh, really. Felicia it's Hardy, what's she doing powers? here? Powers. Yeah, and he,
1: he wanted to make sure we didn't kill the puppy, and apparently, he got there
0: too late. Sorry yeah. To Puppies, puppies, dead. <laughs> the, he, he died. Of, but Hannah Montana is okay for another week. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. so, so, so B dog, B dog can tap that with the wig on.
5: <laughs>
0: you get the
2: best.
5: The here comes the one star review.
3: For Tony, uh, this is Spiderpool279 uh, and calling in about the Clooney's Lego Chronicles podcast. Number one, you didn't have to kill the puppy. It wasn't our fault that you didn't tell us the number again in episode three for us to call in. Um, but you guys are doing a great cast. I hope you keep it up. Um, I, I just really enjoy listening to your show a lot. I hope that you guys do do all year two and a half years of the clone saga uh i would you guys did bring up some valid points on who was ben riley i just listened to your show last night and it i didn't realize that he did not have his scars um that was a very valid point you brought up that i had missed and otherwise would have been ignorant upon and there was something else, but I cannot remember what it was now. So, I hope you guys have a good time. Um, keep doing what you do. Hey, Bertoni, Zach, uh, Gerard, and Brandon. This is Tyler, again, a.k.a. Spiderpool. I know I left a message earlier today, but because I had nothing else better to do, I was listening to your podcast again. And I, I did not realize that I was the clone suffering from clone degeneration. Now well, I'm kind of sad. So you, you guys said you would take donations to help me find a cure. I, I will take cash or check. Thanks. Bye.
1: Okay, spider uh, Spiderpool. Uh, Tyler Hall is his name. He's a. Uh, I'm sorry, Tyler Crone. Wow, Tyler Hall was a guy I went to high school with. Um, <laughs> Tyler Crone is the uh, is Spiderpool, and he's he let, he let us two voicemails. Well, Tyler, we appreciate the the kind comments. <laughs> Apparently, I I swore we talked about we we gave the phone number away, in episode three. Dude, I swore we did, dude. Do we not, Bertoni? I think we did.
0: I think we did a few times, but that's okay. Bye. I, I...
1: The puppy the puppy is really okay.
0: Oh no, he's not. <laughs> they can tell would... the truth.
1: No, well, okay, unless, you know, dude. unless you want to go to jail, unless you want PETA after It was Miss But well, we have Lion. a clone, so it's all okay. It, we, cloned <laughs> yeah, we, we cloned the dog. <laughs> this is not like, you know... Uh,
0: <laughs> it, it, it was Miss Lion. It was Miss Lion.
1: Yeah, she needs to die. Anyway, wow. um, so, so we appreciate the kind comments. And uh, Okay, Tyler, I'm sorry that you're suffering from the effects of clone degeneration. Um, you know, there's other... Other um, great things about the clone degeneration, like uh, having an erection that lasts longer than four hours. Or, you know, suddenly being attracted to girls in wigs. Um, or talking like a creepy stalker or loser, like um, Michael Bailey doing his Norman Osborne impression. Drink it! Drink it! Um, I love how drink it's become like the
0: new, <laughs> new like catchphrase for Norman Osborne <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's it's really sad that it was contributed by someone who wasn't Jr. But hey, yeah. it's Michael Bailey,
1: Michael Bailey's awesome too. So I'm sorry that you're. Uh, any donations that are uh, to be made for the uh, Clone Degeneration Fund should be done to uh, Spidey.com. We will have the donate button of PayPal. And also, if you also don- on
0: our podcast page, uh, CloneSagaChronicles.Podomatic.com, if you want to donate now.
1: Yeah, and you also can donate uh, any type of money to spider.com. All of it will be done going towards the website. We will not be using it for personal gain. It'll be everything to keep the website online and to add new things and uh, get upgrades and stuff like that. So, if you want to, if you want to donate, we'll have a button. We'll put up a button pretty soon. I just haven't got around to doing it.
0: So, yeah, in fact, some people um, uh, emailed us because uh, you couldn't listen to the podcast recently because. Our bandwidth broke, which is you know a twofold thing. Well, you know, number one, good for us—we're getting popular. Number two, um, oh poopy, I can't uh, upgrade this right now, <laughs> and I, I, I couldn't afford to upgrade it for until about a few days ago. So,
1: so uh, if you I'm want, to sorry, donate,
0: that won't happen again.
1: Yeah, if you guys want to donate, we'll uh, like I said, if you want to keep the podcast going, if you want to keep the uh, uh, Spidey.com, you know, online, that'll be. Every, every penny will go towards the site and the, and the podcast. None of it will be given. And clone to, degeneration research. And the clone de, 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 degeneration research. We're one step
0: closer to finding a cure. Will you get yeah. that one step?
1: Yes. Anyway,
0: help, so we've. Help Spiderpool. Be able, help be, Spiderpool be, be, be able to attend baseball games. Go to the park. And <laughs> do things that a normal kid can do.
1: Like like uh, Brandon, who plays basketball and does football. Yeah. And. and and Gerard, who draws beautiful covers for Crawl Space Avengers,
0: and Brandon, who two days Disney love, yeah. Channel uh, pop stars.
1: Yeah, and uh, and he does he does the wonderful coloring, which he still hasn't gotten issue five. I'm working
0: yet. on
5: it. Oh, I got yeah. be- I got basketball seven days a week.
1: You're it's spending okay, too much time with
0: Hannah. She's keeping you away from your <laughs> <laughs>
5: <laughs> Anyway. So this now last... it's going to be a recurring thing.
0: Oh, hell yeah, it is. We we walked you right into that one. Yeah. Um,
1: <laughs> also, our, uh, our last way of reaching us, because if we don't have enough ways of reaching us, we have the Facebook fan page. And there's been a couple of comments that have been left. And uh, one of them was done by Tom Kent Williams, who says, I'm loving the podcast, buddy dudes. Which... That just makes me laugh. Spidey dudes. Uh, <laughs> may I play devil's advocate and say I enjoy it more than the Spider-Man Crawl Space cast? I'm glad you spread your wings, Zach. Keep doing what you're doing, man. And to the rest of the crew, keep up the brilliant work. To which... Uh, brilliant? Yeah. yeah. Brilliant! Wow. <laughs> drinking in moderation while drinking Guinness. Brilliant! Brilliant! Red Bull gives you wings! Well, Tom, we, that's very a very high honor. Uh, very flattering.
0: Very flattering. <laughs> very unserved, uh, but thanks.
1: Yeah, they, we we must keep Uh Brad does a great <laughs> show, and he does great work, and uh, yeah. Anyway,
0: and great promotion, great pimpage. In fact, there was some pimpage for uh, *Clone Saga Chronicles* on the last uh, podcast.
1: Yeah, there's always pimpage on the podcast, whether it be *Crawl Space* adventures or *Clone Saga Chronicles*.
0: Spider-Man, Crawlspace, Space*, the original web comic by Kevin Cushing.
1: Yeah, fill that out there,
0: um, too. And I'm sure Stella's podcast, which will be recorded shortly, um, that'll get some pimpage as well. It's yeah. it's Pimp Central over there.
1: Pimping ain't easy, man. Pimping ain't easy. Eugene Wang, I believe is how you say his name. I think the H is silent. Love the podcast. Can I, He asks if he can ask some questions, which we see. This is the perfect way to do it. And I have a lot to say about the... Uh, he says, I'm Be the Reds from the Crawl Space, and I have a lot to say about the Clone Saga. I know I'm not your personal friend or anything, but I was wondering if I could be a guest commentator on the podcast one or two times. I've almost the entire Clone Saga in my collection, so reviewing issues won't be a problem. Um, you know, Eugene, uh, we might actually uh, consider it. I didn't think we were going to be taking applications, but I think we could... the more the merrier. Uh, uh, from what I've seen of your posts, my friend, you've been very... Uh, you seem very knowledgeable, and I think you'll be a great uh, you'd be a great asset. So we'll probably be in contact with you over the next couple episodes. We want to try to get uh, uh, Rolling. Things send a little bit, in an like, MP3
0: of yourself screaming "Mary Jane," and we'll
1: genuinely... yeah. And also, if you can give us a uh, send an MP3 of like a guest review. Uh, if you guys also want to uh, leave questions and comments, the phone number is
0: two zero six three three nine five five seven zero. Be sure to indicate which podcast you're calling about because that's the call-in number for a few different uh,
1: podcasts. So, um, also, if you want to leave comments, you can leave it on the Facebook page, like we just comments, like we just read from Eugene. You can also recommend it to, to other people. We want to we want to increase our fan base. We only got 36 fans. We want to become well, that's bigger. Just
0: Facebook. We probably have we have we definitely have more listeners than that. I've seen. Yeah, we,
1: we definitely have more listeners than that. We really want you guys to get. Uh, Get involved and contact us on Facebook. Also, the Spider-Man Crawl Space message board has a, Spidey, a whole section devoted to Spidey.com. Check us out there. And one other way to contact us is I just I just set up this email today, tentatively saying it's going to be Clone Chronicles at Gmail.com.
0: And remember the call-in, um, our call-in number. Otherwise, I will be forced to murder B Dog's girlfriend. And then, <laughs> then he'll have a Christopher Daniel Barnes
1: moment.
2: Kylie Cyrus.
1: <laughs> Again, leave iTunes reviews. If I get a little, I, I'm sorry. I am uh, about the uh, my my uh, way I was acting. I was acting like a certain group of comic creators.
0: <laughs> Damn image. I know image. Such bad. Dark Horse. Yeah. DC. Uh, Marvel. Archie. Those Archie writers are the worst. Yeah. Big tricks.
1: So uh, So yeah, check us out on uh, on Facebook, on spider.com, on the crawl space, and of course you can also contact us by that number. Give it again, Mr. Bertoni.
0: 206-339-5570. Remember, your calls can save Hannah Montana.
1: <laughs> and uh Clone Chronicles at, at gmail.com. So, last bit before we go, if uh, we talked about this briefly a couple a couple uh, podcasts ago, but it was confirmed in, in fe- starting in February, they will be releasing Clone Saga trades. That's right, Clone Saga trades.
4: So well, they're releasing a Clone Saga trade. Let's not yeah. get ahead of ourselves, man.
1: Yeah, they're releasing a Clone Saga trade. Uh, the sales numbers for uh, uh, who has been Riley have been pretty high, uh, so that's a good sign. The sales numbers for Clone Saga, the mini series, have been pretty low, though. Uh, or pretty pretty average for a mini series I know there's a lot of people out there that do not pick up mini series if you don't pick up the mini series in singles pick it up in the trade we the, the more you the more issues I th- of the trades we sell I think the better chance we're gonna have of getting more clone socket trades uh, you can pre-order those trades on Amazon uh, I believe you can get them on mail or comics or in-stock trades for a big discount as well I think it's a 40 percent discount on, uh, on both websites. Uh, Christmas is coming up. Christmas is be? coming Christmas up. Christmas. This is going to be a great okay. stocking stuffer. Well, uh, that's going to y- break your y- stocking. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but uh, I mean, if you're getting a birthday coming around in February, I definitely pick it up. I'm very excited. i going I've already got it uh, pre-ordered. So uh, if it's any, if it's not the way that in any way like they did the uh, Who is Mary uh, the Face of Tiger, you just did the jackpot trade paperback. Then uh, I think it'll be really well done. Kudos to, uh, to Steve and to Tyler for getting some, uh, voicemails in. Guys, it's been a gr- uh, I think we've, uh, this is a good show. Uh, I liked it. I liked it a lot. Uh, I liked you guys' your opinions. We got a pretty, pretty diverse group this time. So that about wraps this one up. We will be back, uh, again with our reviews of, uh, Web of Death and Web of Life. Uh, we haven't, uh, one of the suggestions that was made on the, on the podcast, uh, and we we may switch this up before before we record is do each individual story arc that may change um, if we do continue to the month by month thing then uh, we're debating it it's something that we've been kind of bantering about so uh, we'll, send us in we'll, your thoughts yeah send us in your thoughts should we uh, do the full story arc, like the two Web of Spider-Man issues, or the four Web of Spider-Man issues, or the four uh, Peter Parker issues, or should we do the Ben parts and then the Peter parts uh, in a separate podcast? Give us your thoughts uh, on our various ways of <laughs> reaching us. Guys, that about wraps this edition up. Brandon, thanks for coming on. Gerard, thanks for coming on. On behalf of you guys on Spider.com, I am Zad Joyner, your extraordinary webmaster that doesn't do much. <laughs> I am signing off for this edition of the thanks for, thanks for stopping by, and hope to see you next time. down in three, two, one. Welcome back, friends of the...
3: Really? You did- <laughs> Come on.
1: Every time.
2: every time. Come on, man. Come Welcome back, <laughs> friends.
5: Uh, okay,
0: well, what, what? what did you mess up, friends? Come well, on. I didn't,
1: I, I didn't like the sound. Welcome the- back,
4: colleagues.
1: <laughs> Enemies. Okay, okay. That's okay. two. Going down in three... Two, one. Don't swear to God, I swear to Batman.
0: Swear to me. Do you guys hear me?
2: Swear to me!
0: She pressed to her uncomfortable child to the end. What was that? What? The hell? The...
2: <laughs> Sorry. Hold on, the dogs.
5: dog's in here. Hold on.
0: Is that a yelp? Oh. <laughs> Even Mary Jane's dog was uncomfortable about the confrontation.
1: Oh, oh! look, there's somebody actually fixing to start crying.
0: What? Are you, ta- are you talking about the Obama speech? Yes,
1: like there's a girl who's fixing to start crying. I really want to punch somebody in my face. In a podcast without a dog barking. Yeah, okay. Well, luckily we've got a big space for uh, Tony to edit out. Continue on. I'll put this in the tag. <laughs> okay, um
0: because she kind of came yeah. off on it. whenever I talk about Mary Jane's family your dog always comes onto the podcast that's what happened the last time too <laughs> the dog looking for blood it heard what he did the last time the dog is like really like Mary Jane's family I wanna know what? okay am I gonna get a dog oh I'm getting <laughs> it who's calling me from a 786 number Let me pick this up. Hold on. Hello? Oh, telemarketer. Yay. Okay. Everyone can hear me okay? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, where was... Yeah, I should have talked to the telemarketer. Damn it. Okay, Batman and the telemarketer would be awesome. Okay, so before I was interrupted by the dog, um...
2: Yay! Yeta!
5: Did someone just yell out Yeta?
0: Yeah, it was uh, Masioka.
5: I, I, I know, I know, I know. But I, I, I was just wondering who uh, yelled it out here now.
0: Masioka. Our special guest Masioka will be reviewing. <laughs> Hello, Manron.
2: Charlie! Hey, Zach.
4: I bet his thing is muted again. Unmute your mic,
1: Watch Are you guys done now? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Have you heard a word that we said? Yes, but you guys were kept talking. I'm like, I was starting to talk, and I'm like, and that wraps up the Ben Riley story.
2: You Heavy breathing. Happy breathing.
0: That, who is that? It's Brandon. Can you mute his mic? Or what? Yeah, can you, can you
1: mute? Oh, well, uh, you're oh, not talking, Brandon. Or is
0: it PSP?
2: I'm
0: holding my breath, guys. It's not me. Can you me you. Mute? Let me mute mine and see if it stops.
2: Okay. Yeah, it's you.
1: Yep. <laughs> well, that was back and it was Brandon. <laughs> what? It stopped when you did it and then Brandon did it. Oh. All
0: right, whatever, I'm mute. Okay. Brandon, if you could mute. You can mute.
5: I- I'm going to try to find a way to mute, but it's just not like uh, what's our, my old headset, so there's no like mute button, there's a hold button. Hold on, let me see if this works, okay?
0: By the way, I'm loving the full version of Pamela. We're at 38 minutes and I didn't have
2: to f- stop. Cool. Yeah, it works.
0: It was the reanimated corpse of Nathan Levinsky. Oh God! You should have stayed off my lawn when I had the chance.
1: You just—you just went to Cleveland, mode, dude. Really? Cleveland? <laughs> it sounded just like Cleveland from the Cleveland Show. My name
0: is Cleveland Brown, and I am proud okay. Okay, done. Back in my hometown.
1: With that being said, gentlemen, is there any recommendations you
0: guys? Are we ripping off that? Yes, because oh. Oh, that's too way too similar to the crawlspace. I, I, you get the final call. This is this is you. This is your show. But my general reaction is like literally, that's like one more thing that we do that the crawlspace does.
4: Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm with Bertone on this one. Okay. All right. Well,
2: uh, left <laughs> down. Oh, oh,
4: it's magic
2: You know Never Yeah,
4: that's our new outro music. (laughs) No, you got an outro with the Hannah Montana one this time.
2: Nice! That would be awesome because it's like the best of both worlds. You get,
4: you get Peter and, ben and- <laughs>
0: Oh my god. So many parallel... Who am I? It's like JMD Mateus writes an episode of Hannah Montana.
4: Am I the Hannah,
0: or am I the Miley? Do I leave the life Miley. behind? Miley! Do I leave the life behind? I don't know. Do I pick the pop star or the huge Miley? You spent the entire 20-minute episode just sitting there narrating yourself. You gotta get to the concert. <laughs> I know I mentioned this last time with the family guy.
2: Alright,
1: let's do the, uh, okay, can you hit stop recording? Oh,
3: yeah, let me, let me do that now.